Slurpy Enthusiast Tar Ariano. What the hell? Episode 101. And Hot Tempered Psychic John Ramos. Love will keep us together. 2016. Burgling Id, Sarah D. Bunting. You're welcome, Norway. I am Time Council Minute Keeper David T. Cole, and I'm here with, for the week of January 18th, <laughs> this is the <laughs> Extra Hot Great Podcast. <laughs> Captain Cold Cuts, Joe Reed. Chill. Please. <laughs> Grant me the authority to change the timeline just this once. <laughs> <laughs> Overruled. <laughs> None of us were prepared for that at all. Damn it, Time Lords. (laughs) Yeah, what is this guy called? Not a Time Lord. It's like a Time Council. No, but it's basically Time time Master, I think. Time time Constable. A Time (laughs) Schmord. Welcome, everybody, to Extra Hot Great, episode 101. Uh, for the week of January 18th, 2016, we are joined today by John Ramos. Hello, John. Hello, everyone. Hey, John. Because um, our topic today is, I was going to say DC's Legends of Tomorrow, but let's be real. It's Legends of Tomorrow. Is anyone (laughs) going to say the DC's part? I'm not. Um, Nope. And uh, we got a screener disc before Christmas, which has made the rounds all over this fine country. And so we are talking about it, even though it doesn't premiere until two days after this episode will drop. So be warned, there may be slight spoilers, but I'm sure we will not get terribly spoily. Right, everybody? Yeah. We'll see. I don't plan to get spoily because to me the plot is like almost beside the point. Like just watching these actors do their thing really made up for a lot of things that in another show would be annoyances to me. I agree with that. Yeah, there like, isn't a ton I'm avenging of plot. my son. Like, well, you know, that's tired, but yeah. okay. Dominic Purcell having the time of his goddamn life ever did finally he has arrived and he knows it too it's awesome Uh Mm -hmm. um so john since you're going to be covering it why don't you give a little bit of an overview of what this show is uh sure so people are probably aware that shows called arrow and the flash (laughs) exist uh by now what (laughs) those are dc's forays into tv that have been quite successful and show that while marvel may be uh the king of movies uh dc does a better job on this silver screen on the uh on on tv at least uh for now um so legends of tomorrow is kind of a crossover of those universes it takes characters who were featured on both um and there was a uh, there was a two part uh, crossover event a few weeks ago between that the set Flash the events of the series. Yeah, between the Flash mm-hmm. and Arrow that set the events of the series in motion. There's uh, a villain who's kind of timeless, haha. Mm-hmm. Um, originated in ancient Egypt and has been living uh, lives uh, kind of immortally over time. Uh, keeps getting more powerful, and this group of misfits from both the Flash and Arrow are assembled by, as we were just saying, a time master from the future to try to defeat him once and for all. Um, And that's it. The premise is pretty simple, actually. 
Yeah. Um, it's it's quite, I mean, I sort of thought, I had been thinking of it as like DC's The Avengers, which it kind of is and kind of isn't, because some of them are super and some of them are just, you know. It's more like uh, Marvel's The Defenders. It's sort of the street, yeah. the street team. <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 secondary the the B team, but this one's better than all of the other DC DC shows on TV because it has Victor Garber. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> I know good. that's right. You know what I love about Victor Garber in this? He is a, like to my eye, he is too good for the show, but he's totally not too good for this show. Yeah. and 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 I love that about it. You yeah. know, like, he's very game. Yeah, totally. he's he is too good for this show, but he doesn't think it so. <laughs> like right. you don't get that from him. Like but I it doesn't. Push, I put that onto him, and like that's it fine. That's doesn't right seem like do. he's slumming either. You know what I mean? Like he right. seems to be having fun. You know, yeah, he's going totally. to a party. He's already a little buzzed. You know, he's yeah, walking he's, around with his he's, drink. He's too good for this show in the way that he's too good for almost every show. Like he was too good for Will and Grace, <laughs> yeah. but uh, right. he was fantastic on that. He was sinfully like, delicious. He was sinfully delicious, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Victor Garber, um, if you're not into the the Flash and Arrow and superhero stuff in general, he's a great gateway drug for a show like this to bring you in, for sure. I'm hoping, too, that, that he's the dad that's going to raise everyone's acting game, mm. because as much as I do love a lot of the performances <laughs> on this, there are a couple of people on here who... yeah cannot act for shit i will say very diplomatically like the, the central people yeah um, and why are they the central people like, yeah hawk, hawk lady and i'm assuming what well, well, i guess you know we won't get into spoilers i guess but like hawk lady at the very least um hawkman is nice to look at let's let's Hawkman is, yeah, but in that way where it's just like, you're from, like, Latvia or something like that, right? (laughs) It's not your first language. I think he's actually German, but you're right, you're correct, but he's not not a a native native speaker. He's not a native Hawkonian. I have a question about uh, Mrs. Hawk Lady. Is she the barista from the episode of The Flash that we talked about on the podcast? Okay, that's what I thought. She kind of awakened her... her, her memory of her past lives uh, kind of slowly surfaced and came to came to the forefront of the crossover episodes, and now she's aware who she um, is, obviously, or was. <laughs> Got it. So, how would you? I mean, it's early days yet. You've seen you've seen the second one as well. Do you like it better? Is it more exciting than the Flash because it has a bigger crew, or do you find that more chaotic? As someone who covers both, um. I mean, for me, the stakes are definitely lower. Uh, I'm not super invested in British Time Masters uh, <laughs> family drama. Uh-huh. Even, you know, uh, it's not cool to kill kids, but still. <laughs> Look, that when is you're an official evil, extra hot great stance. When you're an evil <laughs> overlord, you got to do what you got to do, John. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean he did. He, well, but could he that didn't... sometimes not be the motivation? Yeah. yeah. Like, could someone be wanting to track down and kill a supervillain just because they're bad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your, yeah. Our hero is Good pissed. Point. Like, why does there always have to be a dead kid? Or a live kid. I mean, I thought that about Ant-Man, too, yeah. that I was sort of interested in it when we watched it at Christmas time. And then he was like, I got to get go straight for my daughter. Like, I don't care about your daughter. It's too cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, now it's boring. Yeah. Walt! But, I mean, for me, um, it, like like you guys were saying before, it's uh, mostly really fun. Um, 
I mean, anyone who reads my coverage of The Flash knows that I cannot get enough of Captain Cold. <laughs> yeah. um, Wentworth, Miller, Wentworth Miller has finally found his level, and it's great. Yeah. Yep. Um, his ability to stay on brand just never fails to amuse me. But Heatwave, uh, Mick Rory was totally wasted on The Flash. He was just this hulking, kind of angry dude. And someone decided to make him funny and it's amazing yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He, he was my favorite part too for well sure. i think the writer's room said let's make him flax the destroyer from guardians of the galaxy you know except <laughs> it, yeah minus the blue paint basically right. you know and i know someone else on this podcast is not a big fan of katie lots historically but i feel like that splinter group of the misfits between the misfits that that trio cold heat wave and her are fun and has a lot of potential. Where is where is she from? And, where where have I seen um, her? She's from Arrow. She was uh, she played the but canary on Arrow. Uh, was killed off at the beginning of season three. Kind of. She was a big fan favorite. Uh, it was very controversial at the time, but I think now in retrospect, it was always meant uh, for this. Um, so that's a. Uh, but she was also on. What uh, else has she been on? She played. Uh, I like Mad her Men. in this a lot. Yeah, she was a uh, um, Anna's daughter on Mad Men. Her niece, um, I think. Uh, or niece. Yeah, she was the, the one who got oh, pregnant her. that showed up at at, at Megan's house yeah. in the hills yep. and asking yeah, for all money hippified. or not. Yeah. <laughs> She's my favorite on 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 this show. Um, yeah, I liked the, her. Okay, non Victor Garber. People. She's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's a role that she's been playing for a while. I think. Um, so she's that scene with her well. and Katie Cassidy made me want to like go back into Arrow. Actually. No, I like that. I like John says. I like that oh. training hey. scene. No, no, no. I, I actually am watching Arrow just really for um uh kind of plot purposes, just so I keep up with what's happening on that side because right. it's relevant. The greater star that, city uh geopolitical um, scenario. I think that show I think that show has come a long way, actually. Um it's uh, it seems like br- Everyone involved in the writing team just realizes that making this universe lighter and funnier is the way to go. Mm-hmm. And they've definitely lightened up in the Arrow universe. Not as much as The Flash, but uh, but I think yeah. it's more enjoyable. Uh, speaking oh. of good decisions, that- let's talk about the efficiency of the hero collection and premise of this pilot. Yeah. Like, we're talking zero <laughs> to 100 in about, like, six minutes, yeah, maybe? But yeah, but too much. They're like, you have one too act much. break to get this team together. <laughs> but, I mean... I, I I do like that because you know there is a certain uh way that we consume media you know today where we kind of know a lot of the the building blocks and the structure of a show before we even watch minute one and I felt like they hit enough character beats that you understand okay this is this archetype you know character and now away with the yeah, with with the story such as it is, but but Joe, you felt other was... show could have been that could have been three three episodes or something, you know, like collecting all those guys. Well, I thought totally it was, sure, yeah. but there's still like, it might have worked if they stretched it out and did like character studies for each one and kind of brought them in. But I also thought this worked, and it was kind of I just for the kind of lighthearted kind of romp of a show that it is. I thought it was a good decision. But John, Joe, you felt it. Well, was and too I fast. have like no, yeah. Sorry, sorry, I don't want to interrupt. Sorry. Um, well, I was just going to say, I don't have any patience. It's like horror movies when it takes half an hour to get anyone to believe the hero that something is haunted. Sure, yeah. Like, and then you watch Poltergeist and you're like, holy shit, everyone was on board with this in like 10 to 12 minutes. That's like, that's good structure. And 
this is kind of the same thing. Like, I have no patience with the whole, like, well, I don't want to because we're all going to get dead. Like, probably, but this isn't a documentary. Yeah. You all know everybody's going to be on the team, so get to it. And they I did. I don't mind getting everybody on board with the concept quickly, but I think there's definitely something to be said to, like organically building this team where like all of a sudden they were a team after like 10 minutes. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, and I also, part of it is that I'm behind on the flash. So I didn't see the episodes leading into it, but it's just like, I felt somewhat not adrift, like in terms of keeping up with the plot, but like emotionally speaking, like, I don't know why I'm supposed to care about this group coming together. I think there's something to be said for something like what Marvel did with the Avengers and it's two different mediums, but like you see what a benefit that is of seeing, you know, these characters coming together after the buildup of like several movies and these connections sort of being made one by one. And I think with something like this, which is also, I mean, the silliness of it also sort of kept me at an arm's length. I won't lie about that, but like also it just felt so quick and so surface level that like it got me on board a little bit when they were at the end of that first hour where they all sort of like kicked into action and, and uh, Captain Cold and the, and Dominic Purcell and, the canary all came back from the bar or whatever. And the whole group sort of like converged on everything and fought together. I thought that was pretty cool, but like that was really the only part of the episode I actually really liked. So I think, I think there was, yeah. Can I, I mean, can you have a story on TV with superheroes and it being able to pull it off without being kind of silly? Like I think if it's, I don't think they have like uh, the production values and just general gravitas to pull off. Like, a darker superhero story on TV. I agree. Yeah. I think this just tipped the balance too much. I, I think see. something okay. like Flash. Yeah. It's funny because if you if you think about like what Flash led up to at the end of last season where there were a, bun- a bunch of characters on that uh on the plate there and like Firestorm was there it was with uh Ronnie instead of the new guy. I like the new guy. He's fine. Um but it felt like they had built that sort of like super team together on Flash. And then at the beginning of this season, they sort of dismantled that a little for whatever reason. And I think also to build to this show. And I was just like, I was I was liking it on Flash. I like the tone of Flash. I think the I think Flash keeps characters like like Snart sort of in check. I like what Wentworth Miller's doing. I think John, you're right about the commitment that he has to it. But, like, there are just some times when I just sort of, like, groan and just, like, it's too much for me, I think, a little bit. And I think something like Flash keeps it on a good keel. It felt a little like, you know, the superhero version of, like, Ocean's Eleven almost, where everybody has, like, everybody's personality is Uh so different from everybody else's that it is, like, cartoonish. It reminded me of the getting the group together from X-Men First Class. Yeah. Minus the part right. where they appro- yeah. he approaches someone and someone actually is out, like Wolverine is, because that would have been kind of interesting, too. And it would have given them something to go back to. The talking about. spaceship felt very sci-fi to me, also, like sci-fi mm-hmm. channel. They, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. maybe that would be copying them, but when, when Joe said that, my first thought was the greatest like character introduction of uh, a level that you think should carry that character through the whole film and that it didn't was this terrible action movie called... Ah, oh, shit. Oh, no, what's it called? Anyways, every, people are screaming, going to scream it at me in a second. Kurt Russell and Steven Seagal, it was like all took place in an airplane. And, St- oh, and Steven yeah. Seagal, that spoiler, plane? Oh yeah, bites it in like the first 10 minutes. 
And you think he's one of the is it stars. Executive decisions? Yes. Is it that yes. Thank you. Oh my God. Right? Googling yeah. it. But if they could just like get somebody like that, just like, you know, hire him for a day, get, you know, like some sort of like B plus movie star would be high enough, you know, for that kind of thing. And just have him be, you know, Mr. Mysterioso or something, like some weird character that exists in the comics. Schnick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, as my ridiculous, pointless uh, post last week about the cast of the Broken Hearts Club and their crossovers into the Berlanti universe shows, he has friends. He could have asked people to come and like do that for one episode. Timothy Olyphant. Yep. The other he was already busy on the grinder Ooh. on 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 the fashion scene. I thought it was kind of weird that the hawk. The, the the hawk couple uh, uniforms. The Hawkingtons. Yeah. The Hawkingtons. <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, the Star City Hawkingtons. Um, that they Mr. Hawk. and Mrs. Hawkish American. Yeah. <laughs> Their costumes the were very much in the original X Men sort of you know styling, where oh, yeah. everybody else's were kind of goofy, like the not the the Adam, right? That's the guy. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Yes. And stuff it just like that. Like Ant Man. Yeah. And yes, I remember yes. when I used to watch Super Friends. I loved the way Hawkman looked in Super Friends. He was so like he's sort of like the original Wolverine, you know, the the black and gold. Except he was like black, uh, brown and gold, and just had like this giant beak, and like it. It was just so like perfectly cartoonish. I kind of wish they kind of went a little more that way. <laughs> Much to Joe's chagrin, I'm sure, if that were to happen. You had me a yes. giant bee. Yeah, and you know what they I should like, do? Here's I a like pitch. it in cartoons. Yeah, here's a pitch for. Um, well, here's a double pitch. I pitched before that America should embrace the Christmas special idea from UK where they could just do something kind of a little outside of the norm and spend a little bit yeah. more money, right? So what DC's television universe has to do is collect all the characters they've introduced and shoot a live action hour in the spirit and style and production values of Super Friends the cartoon. Huh. Uh, you know, in, including that the, the narrator <laughs> at the, the beginning, <laughs> the Legion of Doom that looks like that Ohio, you know, state uh, or the, the the Hall of Justice. That's obviously the Ohio State uh, Supreme Court office, whatever. All that stuff. Huh. Put nice. it in there. Make that yeah. the Christmas special. That would be amazing. <laughs> amazing. Anyway. Well, I thought this is going in a much more Thunderdome direction where at the end of it, there would be There's like, like four of them left. Yeah, totally. There would be like um, round robin fighting and whoever's left yeah. gets a spinoff. Does anybody agree with me that the villain in this was really terrible, or is that just me? Agreed. Well, we like on an acting level, him. but also on like an interest level. Yes, like, and he's annoying. Yeah, I don't care either. Yeah. yeah, he's generic Dracula terrorist from middle, yeah. you know, middle ages Europe kind of guy. Like yeah. he, he could be middle as, as yeah. we're, we're wondering, middle is that the guy from Under the Do- or uh, Zoo? The uh, oh was yeah, that... we thought it was Charles Animal's son from yeah. Zoo, but it wasn't. Uh, but he could be like Dracula and Dracula Untold. If you told me that, I'd be like, yeah, that's probably him. Um, <laughs> it just he's like that kind of villain. It's... I'm, wait, it's I'm waiting for them to visit a period. The... Uh, I'm waiting for them to visit a period where it's a uh, more mustache friendly, so we can yes. have one to twirl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he should eventually, like in flashbacks, look exactly like Vlad the Impaler. Like that's the exact kind of villain <laughs> yeah. that. He is so. Anyways, but I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was. I thought it was a fun romp. Victor Garber really did a lot for me. I think um, I look forward to him as people say, maybe uh, uh, being the tide that uh, you know raises all boats in this show. He um, reminded me that yeah. I really need to go get new glasses. <laughs> the CW, the CW's poster art has him like 
a hundredth of the size of the atom on billboards. It's really not okay. Or logical. Uh, I'd, I'd like to, yeah, write an angry letter. Um, Joe, speaking to your point about the motivations, I mean, I'm with you, like, in a different way. I mean, for me, like, the more earnest the motivation, the less the less I really care on the show. Like, Adam's, uh-huh. like, Adam's desire to prove himself is whatever. I don't give a shit. I like, yeah, I like Brandon Routh. Yeah, pretty Brando. Yeah, <laughs> like cold and heat wave. It's like, we're going to steal stuff. Cool. I, I can get behind that. <laughs> yeah. Garber's science-y stuff. That, that's fun, too. I like when he nerds out. But, um, but I do think, just because this was a true ensemble, it was harder in the pilot to uh, get to everyone's motivations in a convincing way. And maybe over time they're going to do more like, uh, you know, one or two character specific episodes that might, you know, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. get to the totally. motivations a little more deeply. Yeah. This show seems like it could feasibly work in a lost flashback kind of way, too, if they mm, wanted that's to. That's a good point. With some of the characters, you know, mm, in yeah. their pre-Legends roles and, you know, experiences and stuff like that. You know, could could work. It would really be funny to me if they flash back to Wentworth Miller and Dominic Purcell on prison. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was totally not going to watch the reboot of that, but now I totally am because I just have a really good feeling. Even though Dominic Purcell is apparently gargling Bruce Springsteen's entire fourth yeah, encore every time he delivers a line, it's like, you know what? Finally, we found something that works for you, Bullethead. Have you good seen job. him per- put on that exact same performance, like in this in yogurt commercials? He's promoting some brand uh-huh. of yogurt. It's the weirdest thing, but I love it every time it comes up. He's really funny. <laughs> no, me too. It's like I don't get this, but I don't. I don't need to get it. It's better that I don't get oh, it. Yep. Gosh. I well, mean, I think Miller's come a long way too. Maybe coming out does your craft good. I mean, I don't think I he's think winning he's any the kind statues, of weird that I find. Yeah. He's the kind but, of weird that I find very watchable, and I like that. Well, John, you're going to keep watching because we are literally paying you to, but how about everybody else? I'm probably out because, as I've said on this podcast many times, I think superhero stories are dumb. <laughs> Dave? <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed it, and I threatened to keep on watching The Flash, and I haven't picked that up yet, but I think that might be like the kind of show that I'll save for summer kind of thing. You know, like I'll pick it up when the season's done and just sort of marathon it. Um, that's not like a knock on the show. That's more like a, a realistic uh, appraisal of the time I have to watch all the television I need to watch. And but I think it, maybe mm-hmm. this might fall into that uh, where I'll um, it might not be appointment television, but it's something I want to keep track of and watch. New York. Yeah, I, I think that's where I'm at with it, too. Although the wrinkle for me is and this is why I um, stopped watching Supergirl is that if I am editing pieces about these shows before I have watched them, then I don't need to watch them. Like that's a 41 minute time savings for me. (laughs) Yeah. So if I'm, if I'm the editor on duty, that's an, an episode I'll probably skip. But if like we weren't covering it and I weren't going to be interacting with it as an editor, I would definitely put it on the DVR. It's really fun. I liked it. I hope it gets canceled and Victor Garber goes back to flash. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and take it. He can bring Canary with him. That's fine. Speaking that's, of Captain Cold. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Legends of In Your Face. Hey, Livy. Hey, Mom. Welcome back to Face Off. 
It's amazing, right? Totally amazing. And now that you have started grade two, uh, I just want to thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule with swim lessons and art class and... And school too. Yeah. It's fun for me to see it. And <laughs> soon I might be on the show. So I like to take this opportunity to watch it and see feedback, how to solve it and how to recover with bad situations. So this is a good opportunity for me. Awesome. So let's get started. <laughs> wow. Okay. So they had a bunch of contestants. There's 14 to start out, and they were all coming out of limos and went into their fancy building, and uh, they unpacked their suitcases, right? Well, what else would they be doing first again? They didn't unpack their suitcases because they went right into the challenge. Oh, yeah. yeah. How could I forget that? <laughs> Silly. <laughs> and uh, do you remember what the challenge is? They were creating alien bounty hunters. Yes. And you learned what a bounty hunter is. Can you explain to the audience? A bounty hunter is when a criminal, that's someone who makes a crime if you don't know, when a criminal is supposed to show up at jail, but they don't arrive. So they send someone out to go hunting for them. And it's not really hunting like how we do it now, hunting for food, but and just for the record, we don't hunt our own food. We don't. <laughs> nope, we buy it. Um, and they, were, they made them into seven teams of two. And blah, blah, blah. They did makeup. People were confused. People weren't working together. Yeah, I think we know that. Who didn't work together very well? Ant and Johnny didn't work too well. And also Ivani and Greg, they actually were all silver and then they had some red put in there where you would never expect it and then the lip got looks like it got glued shut together and then some peeled off Mm -hmm. and another one that i didn't like is anna and melissa the face is just like uh there's nothing really happening because it can't do anything else and another thing that i don't like with it is that they can show People fingers, like a, it has a special glove, kind of like the ones in those mittens where you pull up the mitten part, pull off the mitten part and its gloves. Mm-hmm. So it was showing the skin, and that also bothered me. Did that uh, translate to the contestants that were in the top and the bottom, too? I guess it did. Because who was in the top? Walter and Caleb and Anna and Melissa. And who was in the bottom? Johnny and Anne, like Ant the name, not a bug or a, or your auntie, but Johnny and Ant <laughs> and Yvonne and Greg. And it's Yvonne, and she's Canadian, so right when we found out, we were like, oh, I hope she's good, so that we can go for her, because, you know, Canada, gotta stay solid, right? Well, yeah, we have to stay solid. Um, <laughs> but then it didn't work out for us, because she was in the bottom. I know, right, but... At least we figured out that judges can grant you a special immunity. Like, if you're in the bottom and they think you deserve another chance, they can grant you a special wish in immunity. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty good to hear. She was in the bottom. She didn't need immunity, but she didn't go home. So that's good. And instead, who went home this week? Greg went home. I think it was because 
of how he painted the face. I think Yvonne. I think Yvonne was doing the body, and then he popped in at sometimes. But he was doing the face, and they didn't test it or anything, because you know they were trying to go for a silver. They mixed gray and white a little, but then it turned into black. I also think that、um, Yvonne did better. She did the cowl. So around the face and onto the neck, and and it wasn't terrible. And then Greg's, all he did was a nose and a chin, and it was just square shape. And I wondered what else he was doing that whole time. Yeah, I agree. And also V, one of the judges, she said that why pop a square clown nose right on top of a that beautiful, elegant silver alien? Yeah. So I think she was saying that Greg was bad and Yvonne wasn't terrible. So it was good. Hopefully Yvonne will be better next time and we can go for her. Hopefully, yeah. And who were the winners? Which was the winning team? Anna and Melissa. And who was the ultimate winner? Melissa. And do you remember why? No. Because her cowl that she did was very detailed and very pretty. Oh yeah, I remember that cowl, but. It's the one that we said it didn't have much action to change into, and we could see the human skin. So that's an, so that's why I'm like, what? How come they won? Yeah, it, the the face that that alien was making was a little dopey, but can't win them all. It's not like we know what we're talking about. Not really. It's just like improv. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Liv, for taking the time to、okay. uh, start doing face off with me again, and I really look forward to watching it this season with you. I enjoy it too. See you next time. Bye. I can't believe how old she sounds. <laughs> I、oh、know. Great to his teenagers now. <laughs> oh my god! Talking about improv. Next week, the city's going to be a character. It's <laughs> <laughs> All right, it is time to go around the dial. Everybody brings a little TV topic to the table, and we're going to start with Tara. Uh, I wanted to talk about Mercy Street. It's the new PBS drama that is showing、um, every Sunday night after Downton Abbey.、Uh, it's a Civil War era、um, medical show starring Mary Elizabeth Winstead as a nurse.、Uh, she's a widow and she goes to this hospital that's been set up in a taken over、um, hotel in Alexandria, Virginia. And Ted Mosby from How I Met Your Mother is a surgeon in it, but don't let that put you off. <laughs> He's actually okay, although he does like zero to make his voice sound not contemporary, which is kind of a weird choice.、Um, but、uh, it was interesting. I, I watched the 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 first one just aired as we record this yesterday.、Um, I don't know that I will probably be writing about it much on the site. It's a it's it's kind of in that like. Weird twilight area of the peak TV time where it's like it's good, but so you know, like Allison Lowe、yeah. Huff also wrote a New York,、uh, New York new show fact sheet about the War and Peace miniseries. That's a co-production or a BBC production that is airing on all the A and E networks this week, and it's sort of the same thing where it's like it looks great, it's clearly very expensive. There's lots of good performances and famous people in it, but. Like, And? like right,、yeah. like that. There used to be a time when like that's all it took, and now it's sort、yeah. of like this is interesting, but like from a you know from a pure medical drama perspective in a period setting, like the Nick is obviously way more nitty gritty on all that stuff. This is more of a character study and 
what this woman would do. She's also a baroness, this this widow, the main character. Um, and then there's stuff with the family This that's headed by Donna Murphy and Gary Cole. Again, big, big names. Whoa. Cameron Monaghan is like a dying soldier in the in the hospital. Like, these are not unfamous people. And yet I feel like the show has gotten zero buzz because there's so much TV. That said, yeah. um, it's only six episodes. So, you know, record them and watch them at your leisure. It is it is worth sitting through and uh, I enjoyed the first hour and we'll keep watching. That's kind of a tepid recommendation, but you know, mm-hmm. these are the times we live in. Um, and I would also like to give a plug for Bachelor Crazy Face, <laughs> of course. Our star. As you should. Thank you so much. Stephanie oh Green, God. of course, we had on a couple of weeks ago, is um, doing our main coverage of The Bachelor this season, as with all seasons. But there's supplementary coverage in the form of dating show Crazy Face, um, an all-photo post created by me that's just crazy faces from the show. Last week's was maybe the craziest. <laughs> there was a whole bunch of gifts of Olivia. Well, now that we have a I contestant was... <laughs> who can open her mouth, so wide that she looks like and John you're gonna appreciate this reference you know in early season seven of Buffy when the, when the first evil is pretending to be Sky and her mouth opens so wide and she turns inside out I was gonna say she looked like I was gonna say she looked like a Kafla from Buffy who was gonna swallow the world she looks like she could put both her fists in her mouth and maybe that's what the point is of all those moments but it was some of the craziest crazy faces so uh, yeah Yeah, check that out I can back this up I am not watching The Bachelor but I am reading dating show crazy face and it's totally (laughs) worth it thank you so much all right John what do you got Uh, okay well to continue plugging Tara's (laughs) Tara's work before I get to mine. Uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to her Downton Abbey coverage because it's continually brilliant, even though the show was like, God, I was watching uh, last night's episode this morning. It's like, Edith's editor hates her. Sprat has a secret. Daisy can't shut up. It's like, what plot line is too boring for downtown? What's on the whiteboard that they didn't actually put in the show? would dry rot being discovered at downtown qualify? I don't know. Should should Lord Grantham build a hedge maze? <laughs> a five episode arc. Yes. Well, I think the answer is yes. Too interesting. Yeah. Overruled. Um, but it's just a but... straight line. He, just, he doesn't get it. <laughs> well, he fears change. He, in, <laughs> like, he invests uh... in straight line hedge maze co. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh... <laughs> God. Uh... Sarah mentioned last week, I think, that I'm the only person besides her in the world who sells a Netflix DVD subscription. So, nope, me uh, too. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> we feel, well, we what ancient What popped up few. this week for me is The Laramie Project, uh, which somehow I had never seen. I did not have HBO really? back in 2002. Yeah, yeah. It, it somehow got by me. Um, so if you're unfamiliar, it was an an adaptation of a play that aired on HBO back in 2002. Uh, it played at Sundance and then was released. Um, and the concept is that it's uh, it's actors, some of whom are quite famous, uh, reading transcripts of interviews and trial testimony and other stuff uh, that came from townspeople of Laramie, uh, Matthew Shepard's hometown, right after his attack and subsequent death. Um, it's an interesting watch because you know the casting actors in these roles does feel a bit gimmicky but i also don't really know how else they would have done it um and it also came at a time when people needed some bait to watch documentaries unlike now um 
so it's got a great cast. Laura Linney, Steve Buscemi, Dylan Baker, Christina Ricci, Margot Martindale, even a still on, then still on Dawson's Creek, Josh Jackson. Um, That's right. Yeah. He was good in it. I, yeah. I love her. Yeah. Looking very pacey. Amy Madigan's so good in that. She's my favorite. Oh, yeah. In that. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Buscemi is really good, too. I was kind of one way. Yeah. Um, yep. I wouldn't say it's perfect, especially, you know, I, I mean, uh, because it was a play, you can you can sometimes see the seams of that a little bit, but I think it accomplishes what it set out to do. And uh, the director um, is a playwright by trade, and this is his only uh, foray into into film. So I think he did a good job with the adaptation. And more importantly, I think, you know, uh, today things are not perfect for we gays, but we've come a long way. Uh, and I think there's value in watching and rewatching films like this to acknowledge and remember our struggle, even as we keep pushing forward. Oh, it was an important work. It's good. I'm I really sorry. like it. I'm only seeing it now, but I'm glad I watched it. I'll look It maybe also be on HBO go. If you have that, people can watch it there. Cause it was an HBO production, but I'll, I'll check I'll, if, if it is, I'll put it in the show notes. Plug, plug, plug. Oh, sorry. Um, I am plugging uh, my coverage of the flash. Which, uh, as we record, uh, begins its winter season tomorrow, but maybe today as you listen to this. Uh, either way, as we've said on the podcast many times, it's a good watch, and uh, I expect to continue to enjoy it. <laughs> Excellent. All right, next up is Joe. Hey, so uh, in anticipation of the return of the X-Files to... Our television. I decided to do a little catch up because my X Files knowledge isn't super comprehensive. I never really watched the whole series all the way through. I've probably seen, you know, definitely more than half of the episodes. But I would always like dip in and dip out. And, I feel like you're like uh, just on of... the wrong side of the re- generation for that show. Like you're just a little bit younger than people that were like super into it when it was on. Right. I was in high school when it was at its sweet yeah. spot, and I think if I was in college when it was at its sweet spot, it really yeah. would totally. have like yep. dug its finger uh, claws into me. But um, the the line on the X Files has always been that the standalone episodes are the better episodes, and I was always a lot more interested in the mythology. That was the kind of stuff that kept drawing me back. Me to too. When I did. Me too. Um, because I was like, like the that kind of sort of paranoia and these like all you know, many, many tentacled yeah. conspiracy theories that, like, I was really into that. I was super into, like... Sometimes literally many tentacled Yeah, but, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> but also, didn't you feel like it was the kind of show and the first show of its kind that felt like it could have went all the way and actually did, like, an alien yes. colonization? Like, that was going to happen at the end of the series or something? Like, that's why I kept on, like, oh, are they really going to go all the way with this arc? Well, and like, I feel like... Because so this catch up that I've been doing is oh, I'm only watching the mythology episodes. I went on. There's a list on Wikipedia that lists all of the ones that they consider the mythology episodes. There's about like seventy through all of the seasons, but there's probably I'm probably only going to go through the first six seasons. I think I think there's sort of a cutoff point. I think when people talk about being dissatisfied by the way that the mythology on um, the X Files went, there's Dissatisfy, dissatis, dissatisfaction. Jesus, <laughs> dissatisfaction is the word I was looking for. Um, with the way it all planned out, I feel like if you look at it as a six-season series that got stretched out to nine seasons, yeah, I think you can probably at least look more kindly on the way that the mythology went through. Say the two fathers, one son, two-parter. Like they seem to have a pretty good idea of. 
once they got going, once the black oil was sort of introduced, they seemed to have a good idea of this is what's happening. This was the colonization plan. These are the two races of aliens, like all that kind of stuff holds together decently enough that right now, as I'm moving through it, I'm not frustrated by the story. (laughs) I'm more frustrated by the quality, the actual quality of episode, Mm -hmm. especially in those early seasons where there's just a lot of like, Native American mysticism. Yeah, and, yeah. And like, there's a lot of Jim yeah. Morrison. Yeah, I forget if my um, log lines got ported over from Tomato Nation. Yeah, to no, they're there. Previously, yep. did yeah. they? Yes. Yeah, like that's. I think at some point in season two, I'm like, really, Jim Morrison? <laughs> yeah, like, it, like Mulder's. Isn't this a door song? Part five. Like, Mulder's comatose body goes on a vision quest, and, oh, God. and the stuff with like the, right. the little like gray aliens who like can't not look. It's like too silly, too like yeah. goofy, and they're like, nah, 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 and you, you almost expect <laughs> them to start like yeah. talking like a little tribbles. like Jawa language or whatever. Yeah, like, minions. But yeah, but I think once they introduced <laughs> the the black oil, then all of a sudden the alien had a appearance that seemed, you know, doable visually that didn't seem too silly. Where you just saw the people with the the blacked out eyes, and like that was very cool. I'm right now. I just got past. The musings of a cigarette smoking man episode, which is has all of the benefit of being a mythology episode, but feels like a standalone because it has that kind of tone to it where they're like, we're going to step out of what sort of is traditionally thought to be what an X-Files episode looks like. And it's sillier and it's got that bit where he's like, the Bills are never winning the Super Bowl. And I was always just like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> that's when you knew that it really got bad for the Bills. It was just like they were throwing in jokes. Like, oh man, the cigarette smoking man's cracking on us. Like, I love that, I love that moment. That's one of my favorite scenes of the whole so good. Yeah. It's so good because it comes right after too when the one guy's like, Oscar nominations are coming out. Would you like some thoughts? And he's like, I don't care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which was really... Isn't the line, as long as I live, the Buffalo Bills will never win a Super Bowl? Isn't that the yeah, actual line? Not yeah. while I'm alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's why we got to kill that bastard. <laughs> Joe, am I remembering right? I, I actually watched it the same way you did. Like, you know, probably watched like maybe two thirds of the episodes. And I also was more yeah. into the mythology. Am I remembering right that the, uh, the movie kind of uh, came in somewhere between seasons ar- around here? Maybe between five the and first, six or six yeah. and seven? Yep. The first movie comes out after season five and is like really integral to the mythology. The second movie right, came right. after and has nothing to do with it. But yeah, right, if you didn't thought, see that yeah. movie in theaters, you were pretty lost in between I thought seasons so. five yeah. and six. I remember yeah. that movie being yeah. really good at the time. I liked it. I haven't watched it in forever, but I really liked it at the time. I feel like uh, I, the failings of Chris Carter's you know, uh, mythology arc in the so far that you know it wasn't really well planned out and paced is sort of reflected in success of Vince Gilligan's Breaking Bad mm-hmm. arc sure. where I feel like he was there for that and sort of how it all fell apart and got stretched out and he was like all right well I can do Your something like that learned. well but... he also had the advantage of doing shorter seasons too I think that Absolutely. also helps no yeah, yeah. really I'm I'm starting to get to the point where I think no sh- show should be 22 episodes the good oh way. totally oh, no yeah totally as yeah. the survivor of the Buffy sober second thought rewatch <laughs> amen yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. totally mm-hmm. yeah uh, I'm we, not a crackpot. Well, and I, I also feel like if I was watching it back then and I was, you know, invested in the mythology, and that's probably why I would, like, fall away from the show periodically, was, you know, eight mythology episodes over the course of 22. Like, I would have been tearing my hair out, too. Like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can totally sympathize. Yeah. But it's interesting, because like, I was, like, really into the mythology then, but when I watch now, it's, you know, I dip into it and watch an episode here or there. It's never the mythology episodes. No. <laughs> you know, it's like... Sure. They're... they're 
it was an interesting arc, but it's not as not nearly obviously as rewatchable as some of the more memorable monster of the week ones. Yeah. yeah. Which you know, yeah. <laughs> well, he really went on a ledge there, uh, Cole. With that. <laughs> uh, what do you got the plug, Joe? Oh, um, uh, Vanderpump Rules recaps on uh, show airs Monday nights, so Tuesday mornings. We're getting to the part of the season where they go on vacation. Which, if you watch any of the housewife shows, you know when that's when shit goes down. <laughs> and then when they get back from Hawaii, Stassi's back with big plumped up lips. So oh it's going to be crazy and good, and I can't wait. I'm going to jump in on Joe's plugs because I can't remember if we said on this pl- podcast that the Hollywood Game Night Show and Yell podcast is also. Back. Oh yeah. Um, which Joe, Joe and I do an after show about Hollywood game night, because why wouldn't we? Um, so you can search that on Show and Yell, and it's also available if you go to the podcast tab on uh, previously.tv. Sarah. Uh, Law and Order SVU is my topic. Okay. <laughs> so often is. there. Were, I don't know if we have Buncey rant uh, sound drop music yet, but... <laughs> Everyone start humming something in your heads, because here we fucking go. Look, <laughs> show, and or executive produce tricks, Mariska Hargitay. Mm-hmm. If you want us to root for the underqualified and overinvested Olivia Benson as a badass working mom lieutenant, it would really help. If you made her competent and steady and not a cry voice dumb shit who bumbles into a home invasion when she's been sent to a brownstone specifically because her nanny suspects the family has been home invaded and used those words. <laughs> if Liv is taken hostage at that point, it's really hard not to feel like she deserves whatever happens to her. The audience is super tired of the Benson in Peril episodes. You know who didn't have in Peril episodes? Anita goddamn Van Buren. Do yeah. you want to know why? Because she's Van Buren and she does not get imperiled. Nope. Like, even cancer had to have a seat. So, just put the squad on cases and have them work the cases. The only peril I want to see Benson in is the possibility of getting bitten by Captain Tucker's trouser snake. If you know what I mean, I think you do. I mean, they should bone on camera. <laughs> Oh my god. My plug is for a new feature called Let's Go to the Videotape, speaking of things that are uh, on camera and were possibly inappropriate, but those are things from a long time ago. Sorry, I have to go fetch the fire extinguisher. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a situation. Yeah, our heat doesn't doesn't work so well, so need, need to spiff things up. Um, yeah, it was yeah Let's Go to the Videotape is a new feature. It usually uh, goes up at lunchtime, Eastern time on the site, uh, where I find old curios from uh, TV of yesteryear. Uh, this week, there is a um, leaden, but still sort of interesting educational cartoon about time-traveling Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, Mr. Wizard breaks open an Atari 1200 XL. Enjoy sure. that, Dave. Um, you might you might feel a phantom pain. Um, and we've had uh, like the super is super cut of the General Lee like every single jump, which is a half hour long. Put it together. Holy shit! Yep, thirty two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like really soothing. It's like well, they never they never met they, they were never meaning no harm. So you right. know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes generally jumped over them. I didn't realize until minute, I'm going to huh. say five, that, that was a thing that happened. And I, there's like very little coin advance. It's a, it's a pretty nice uh, piece of business. There should anyway, be a, that's my plug. Uh, there should be a web series or something where people go back 
and they sort of do little vignettes about the workers in the towns where some of these shows (laughs) are taking place. (laughs) Like, why were all these dirt ramps everywhere? Let's find out. You know, it's sort of like, you know, the henchman series, (laughs) except it's going to be just about like, how did that happen? And it's just like, well, you know, there's these guys and, you know, they had to spend the money on this year's budget in order to get the same amount next year. So they just started building ramps. And that's why there's ramps all over the county municipal Squad going and flattening all the mounds. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right, uh, let's end around the dial with this. Second Chance, a new show on Fox, not a good show, uh, is basically just old man becomes young again, and now he's got a second chance at stuff. Through science or magic. We should add that we are watching this because uh, Eve Beatty, past and future guest on the show, on this podcast, uh, did the new show fact sheet on it, and she wa- she watched it and really thought Dave would like it. And so on that basis, I recorded it and we watched it. Well, first of all, Dave. I'm insulted. <laughs> I'm not sure why she thought I would like this. It's, it's terrible. It's a risk. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, if you've watched it, you know, if you haven't watched it, don't bother. It's just like whatever. But here's my point (laughs) is that for the past few years, Fox has been doing this thing where they have like one middle high concept sort of sci-fi-esque show that almost are carbon copies of the year before it. And it started with Almost Human. Yep. And Almost Human was such a fabulously terrible but still super enjoyable dumb show. It was it was perfect in its awfulness. It was. It was can we get, just can we like get this beautiful jewel. This? You know, it was just like, I don't know how it happened. Like somebody had a piece of coal and you were ugly and they accidentally dropped you in the furnace and you became a diamond. <laughs> and that was almost human. And then they canceled it. And next year they brought a minority report. It was a couple years later. Okay. But that was the successor. Like it was, was almost the same season, show. Though? It was the same formula. Yes. And it was... Not nearly as enjoyable, that is to say, not at all. And again, this year was Second Chance. I'm just saying, Fox, you had it. You had the show (laughs) in that bucket, and you fucked it up. And I know people give Fox a lot of grief for canceling their shows. You know, it's like, I remember, like, when the beginning of the TWAP days, you know, like, Fox, that was their thing. Firefly. Yeah. Ventures of Briscoe County Jr. Yeah. And everybody gangs up on the Fox Cancellation and train, even though it's a business and I get it. Wonderful. But I'm just saying, yes. since Almost Human, you've demonstrated that you are trying to bring back Almost Human. <laughs> so please, Fox, bring back <laughs> Almost Human. Joe, what, what, get, what were you going to say? I always say? get a little sad when Almost Human comes up in conversation because I always picture Dave like going to a graveyard and visiting the tombstone <laughs> of Almost Human. <laughs> like i still miss you man <laughs> and i pour out like my cyber like some sort of terrible future all i like... want is that every time that dave talks about almost human i just want a theme song where like we play like some sad like ballad music while dave talks about it perhaps whitney houston's didn't we almost have it all or something like that that just sort of really underlines the emotions of it <laughs> Yes, see, exactly. <laughs> I can tell you his 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 grief is real. He really every time we try one of these new shows because it was the same thing with Minority Report when we watched the pilot it was like, why did they do this again? Yeah, a single sad tear. Yeah. Like- All right. Well, rant over. Uh, I just want to do a quick plug for the future of podcasts on the site. Yes. Uh, without getting into too many details and promising dates, I just want to say uh, 2016 is shaping up to be the year of the podcast expansion. Um, there is a Joe Reed Sarah podcast in the Again With This bucket. 
being formed today, we just in named fact. It. Yay. Do you want to talk about it at all or do you want to save it? Give give a little ta- um, give a little hint. A, um it is about great moments in daytime drama and it's called Love Slash Hate in the Afternoon. Yeah. Nice. Love it. Um there is another again with this podcast coming that I will be heading, and let's just say if you liked uh <laughs> Shows of the 80s where guns were going off. You'll probably like this podcast. You were one of the three people that listened to the 40-minute discussion on G.I. Joe and EHG Mark One and didn't unsubscribe. <laughs> this might be in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh, and if also- you are someone like Buncey who was shrieking in pain every time we had to deal with G.I. Joe and the cannon... <laughs> Uh, so this listen that. to it anyway. Yeah, listen to it anyway. Yeah. And uh, also uh, one that is forming right now, our uh, friend and contributor Nick Reinwell Jones is creating a podcast in LA for us. That's all about making television. The people that actually uh, write, produce, uh, make scores for all that kind of stuff. All the things that go into making television. He's going to be talking to uh, people in the industry and sort of getting some behind the scenes looks. It's shaping up to be uh, kind of a cool uh, little series. Each episode is going to uh, look at a, a different facet of making television. Um, so look forward to all of that in 2016 and probably more. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, somebody will figure out how to make money on podcasts. That'd be really great. Thanks. <laughs> also bring back all the stupid. All right, everybody. It is time for the canon. Before we get into the actual submission, I was hoping that Tara would favor us with a song. Oh, sure. <laughs> Shit, it's gonna get stuck in my head now. Hot great. This is Aaron, and I am submitting Mad Men Season 3, Episode 13, Shut the Door, Have a Seat for the Canon. I chose this episode because the series as a whole seems divided into two halves, with this episode as the fulcrum. On one side is Sterling Cooper and the life of Don and Betty Draper, and on the other side is Sterling Cooper Draper Price and the Draper's post-divorce lives. Not only is this episode essential plot-wise, it also happens to be a well-executed and thoroughly entertaining hour of television. It's December of 1963, and we discover that Putnam, Powell, and Lowe are being sold to McCann Erickson, meaning most of the Sterling Cooper clan will be up shit creek without a paddle. This starts in motion a series of closed-door conversations about the future of Sterling Cooper. Initially, the partners plan to buy the company back, but this quickly escalates into a situation requiring much more dramatic action. You have absolute authority to fire anyone. Fire us. Fire us. Sever our contracts. Let us go. Can you do that? Why would I? Because once this sale goes through, you'll be thrown overboard and you'll be a corpse knocking against their hull. Nothing good ever came from seeking revenge. Nonsense. We'll make you a partner. (laughs) I should think this is worth more than that. So we're negotiating. Lane defects from PPL after being taken for granted. 
uh, for the nth time, and his participation in the conspiracy allows the partners to be fired from their contracts before poaching staff, clients, and supplies without London knowing what's hit them. Sinjin, how are you? What in God's name is going on over there? I think at this point it should be very clear. You're fired. You're fired for costing this company millions of pounds. You're fired for insubordination. You're fired for lack of character! Very good. Happy Christmas. <laughs> in a way, it resembles a classic heist film. But instead of a bank vault, an explosives expert in George Clooney, we get Math, Lucky Strike, and Joan Harris. While Sterling Cooper Draper Price is starting anew, however, the never-quite-happy Draper residence is falling apart. The audience is well aware of how dysfunctional Don and Betty are together, and how much the marriage needs to end. But the scenes between the two of them, especially when they tell the children, are still painful and unsettling to watch. It's going to be a little bit of a change. But your father's going to be moving out. No, we'll still be living here. And he'll come to visit. Then why is he going? Because... It'll just be temporary. Like when you lived in the hotel? Yes. It'll be different. The final phone conversation between them as man and wife is clearly difficult for both characters and well played by Hammond Jones. Another reason this episode excels is how effectively and economically it cashes in on what we know about these characters and their relationships. Quite a lot happens plot-wise, so having this many emotionally resonant moments seems like a lot to ask, but it's effortlessly integrated throughout the hour. We see that Don and Roger's friendship, which has long been under siege, still seems to have some fight left in it. Lane gets one of his best moments as he is cheerfully fired, and Pete puts away his sulking childishness to rise to the challenge of starting anew. Arguably the best moments, however, are between Peggy and Don in two very different but elegantly played scenes, where Don tries to get Peggy on board with the new company. They're selling the company. Again? I'm starting a new agency. I need you here Sunday evening to get your things and to help us collect whatever accounts we end up taking. Really? Yes. Who else is going? Why do you need to know that? Because it's important. I can't tell you. Peggy, we're being bought by McCann. Do you know what that means? You just assume I'll do whatever you say. Just follow you, like some nervous poodle. I'm not going to beg you. Beg me? You didn't even ask me. Their relationship is one of the best on TV, and we see in this episode both the strain it's been under and the reserve of strength that it has. Peggy's recently been courted both in business and in bed by Doug Phillips, and is considering a move to Gray, while Don, feeling insecure both at work and home, is looking for an anchor to keep him from running aground. With you or without you, I'm moving on. And I don't know if I can do it alone. Will you help me? What if I say no? He'll never speak to me again. No. I will spend the rest of my life trying to hire you. The work Moss and Ham do to convey the uncertainty and need they have regarding one another professionally is excellently delivered and pointedly rewarding when Peggy finally agrees to join Sterling Cooper Draper Price. 
The atmosphere of Shut the Door, Have a Seat is markedly different from the typically glacial madman pace. It's difficult at the end of the hour to believe so much has changed, but we are rarely more excited to be facing an uncertain future than we are over the closing montage of this episode. Thanks so much for considering this episode for the canon. Good luck with your choice. Well, look at that. Good morning, Sterling Cooper Draper Price. How may I help you? Yes, Harry. It's room 435. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh hearing that, that final clip actually gave me the literal shivers. This episode is so good. It's just perfect. I said before we started recording what a pleasure it was to watch it again. It's possible I haven't seen it since we watched this it when it first aired. Um, and everything the submitter, what was her name? Sorry. Aaron. Aaron. Everything Aaron said was right on. It is like a heist movie. Um, it's so exciting yeah. when you see all the pieces come together. And the, of course, the best moment is when someone's they're at the office on Sunday and looking through all those stuff. And we don't know where any of this is. And and uh, Roger makes a call. And then, you know, oh, Joan's coming back because Joan had been gone yep. for so many episodes. <laughs> I really missed her. Joan was my favorite always. Um, but yeah, there's there's so many great moments. For obviously, the really emotional scenes with both of them, with with Peggy and Don and, you know, his conversations with uh, Betty, which are not always um, pleasant or friendly, are are well acted by both of them. <laughs> even though you know January Jones, I was like hot and cold on, but she's she's fire in this episode, really good um, and strong. And um, the machinations are fun. It's like it just works on every level, like on a plot level, on a character level, um, suspense, excitement, humor. It really has it all. So this is an excellent submission, an excellent choice. I have nothing else to add. It's so good. Dave. Yeah, it, it's a solid episode. You know, the only thing I can really knock it against is I thought like adding the flashbacks was a bit busy for an episode that's already so oh, yeah. packed full of that's stuff. <laughs> and uh, the flashbacks felt like there were a holdover from like, a previous episode that they didn't have time for and it rolled over. Like there were like cell phone minutes or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but otherwise, like your flexible spending account. Of yeah, the flexible minutes. flashback <laughs> plan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, the flashbacks sometimes worked. Uh, these particular ones, I felt uh, not really uh, on that part. But we're talking like two minutes of the of of the episode. Uh, the triumphant return of Joan is like one of those hell yeah moments. You know, uh, right up there with like the Galactica flashing in low orbit and stuff like that. Like yes. it was such a welcome return <laughs> yeah. uh, to see uh, her come back to the office. And, and of course, even on a Sunday when she was just sitting at home, like she looks perfect. Her hair is done. She just like head to toe gorgeous yeah. as always. And a really strong episode for my favorite character, good old Pete Campbell. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The asshole I love to love. <laughs> Uh, was this the last episode before his hairline went, or did that happen between different seasons? I think that was later. Uh, speaking of hairlines, how about okay. that uh, sick hair acting he does just before they come into the room? <laughs> Messes it up oh, just so. so. Yep. Tara got to see him shirtless, her favorite. Eh. <laughs> um, but yeah, a, a great episode for him, too. And, you know, and a great uh, uh, success on, on both like a career level, but also finally getting some... Uh, if not respect, some situational groveling from people that he always felt they, yes. he was under their thumb. And uh, that yeah. was great to see. I know people love uh, 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 hate Pete Campbell, but I love him. So this this episode... <laughs> I love him too. Yeah, I'm this episode was great for me. Yeah, um, yeah, so thumbs up for me too. Here's what I love the most about Pete Campbell. 
Trudy Campbell. Yes. yes. That moment where she's like, she trills and a cake. Yes. And also that she has clearly been listening with her ear like and her entire body pressed to the door. And they're both like, the bye, best. Trudy. Like, she might as well. Peter, could I like, speak uh, to you for a minute? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she is the best. She is adorable. Um, Joan is also the best. Whatever wag put an F in front of art department is the best. <laughs> Done being like, kick. Yep. Pack it up. Yep. Best. I mean, it's Draper's Eleven. Those are the only um, Dick Whitman era flashbacks that, like, I don't mind. It was so refreshing. Like, I didn't mind how the show ended, but the show felt like it had been in the process of slowly dying star ending for so long. And it's so long since disappeared up its own ass and it was really nice to go back to that period where it was like firing on all cylinders but without taking itself quite as yeah. seriously and yeah. being paced as ponderously as it was in the last couple of three seasons it was still a show about an advertising agency back yeah. then yeah, yeah. like right. it's nice yeah exactly and i definitely when that aired like i really kind of wanted uh don to throw betty through a closed window like she has always been um just a super problematic character, but in retrospect, in such a wonderful, yeah. thought-provoking way. Yeah. And I really was on yeah. her side much more this time. And also Peggy's, like, that heartbreaking line that she's like, everyone thinks you do all my work, even you. Mm, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad it's not 1963. This lady's <laughs> glad. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's all. <laughs> so, yeah. Fantastic submission. And, like, I couldn't, I had to wrench myself away from the next up. Yeah. Like, line yep. in the Netflix queue, because it's like, let's just do this again. Oh, my God. I loved the show one time. Yeah. yeah it's Joe. so good. Yeah. Um, I think I have the similar feelings in that I, with the parts, the times with Mad Men where I felt sort of the most off of the critical consensus of the show was when it would drift farther away from become, being a show about an advertising agency. And this is so like concentrated that it's there's so, so much yeah, it process like being in a it. procedural yeah yeah yep. totally yep there's Thanks. a lot going on i could have done with another 20 minutes of oceans 11 kind of stuff with them trying to like yep, sneak stuff out of the building i thought that was so good and even like the little moments where you mentioned like trudy showing up with sandwiches and cake for the little uh hotel room advertising agency but there's that moment where like Peggy gives her a look and it's just like, oh, right, there's so much going, like, there's so much, like, in the past there with, like, Peggy and and that kind of stuff. And, like, it only goes by with, like, half a second. Um, The stuff where, Dave, you mentioned that, like, Pete had got his moment of, like, Dom groveling to him and, like, Roger had that moment earlier where, like, this development was really an excuse for so many character interactions to, like, come to a head and the scenes with Pete and Peggy, are, or with uh, Don and Peggy, are so good, uh, particularly because you, n- I never know how much of. AMC Network's Sundance Now is a premium streaming video service offering a rich selection of prestige dramas, heart-stopping thrillers, and gripping true crime series from around the world. Sundance Now believes that life is more enriching when experienced through perspectives that differ from our own. Why is Sundance Now so awesome? Sundance Now's catalog includes award-winning original content, international exclusives, and hard-to-find properties at a fair price. You get premium content and no commercials for as low as $4.99 a month with an annual membership. And you can enjoy it anywhere. Sundance Now works on all your favorite devices 
Download the app or watch online on Apple and Android devices, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. My favorite aspect of Sundance Now is their documentary library. Pop culture investigations like The Cult of J.T. Leroy, The Pussy Riot Doc, and that must-see for Project Runway fans, Bill Cunningham, New York. But the catalog is impressively deep on the true crime front, too. There are lots of films I've covered for my true crime newsletter, but just as many I haven't had a chance to watch yet, and I had to force myself not to start Valentine Road instead of recording this ad, so... Let's get to that promo code so that I can get back to the film, and you can join me free for 30 days. Start streaming your next obsession. To try Sundance Now free for 30 days, go to SundanceNow.com and use promo code EHG. That's S-U-N-D-A-N-C-E-N-O-W.com and use promo code EHG for 30 days of free streaming. Thanks, Sundance Now! Don is being a salesman with her. Like, it always yeah. seems like he's being sincere, but he's also working her. And the degree to which she can recognize that is always very interesting. Um, this played into a lot of the stuff that we would get with, like, the that's what the money is for, which is, like, a fantastic soundbite. But I'm always the guy who was, like, more on Peggy's side with that kind of thing anyway. Mm-hmm. So I really liked the way that scene sort of played out. It's just really good. Dave, when you mentioned the Battlestar Galactica thing, now all I can imagine <laughs> is a spaceship that is just like Jones boobs. Like, just descending <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, okay. like that- Joe, I see that every time I close my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> the Capitol Knockers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. Oh and with God. that, I uh, I wrap up my case. Yeah. <laughs> John. Um. Yeah. I mean, as you guys know, I had a very long, deep, intense relationship with the show, having sure. covered it for six seasons on TWAP and then the last season on Previously TV. Um. This. I would say it's probably in the top five episodes if I were going to do it in quality, but it is easily my personal favorite mm-hmm. and the one that I've seen far more times than any other because as good as this show was like at its best, this is the only episode I think really stands out to me as like comfort food. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. this will be a fun sit. You know, I'll just go and watch this again and it'll be, you know, uh, it'll be fun to relive, you know, like... Sure, the suitcase, I could rewatch it. I'm not going to feel great about it afterward, <laughs> even though it's great drama. Yeah. You know? um, and there are just so many other, I mean, I'll just mention a few other moments that you guys didn't hit, but I, I got to give a, 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 a shout out to Chelsea Ross. He was so good as Hilton. He just mm. made that character larger oh, yeah. than life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just the first scene in this episode. It's the end of his arc. But even for this show, I felt like every line of his was so precise and meaningful, and it was just a it was just a pleasure watching him work. Um, also, Cooper, this is a great episode for him. Yeah. The speech about like join or die to right marry that trollop. <laughs> marry that trollop. Like I hear it. Like <laughs> I hear it in my head all the time. It's fucking amazing. Um, yeah, Betty is great. You know, and to expand on the comfort food thing a lot. Um, it's kind of an amazing feat given how much heavy emotional stuff there still is in this app with uh, Betty and Don. I mean, that fight that they have in the in the bedroom is really ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was never afraid of him. And 
you could see that that scared him and it's great work. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It's just, so, <laughs> it's so funny. Lane, Lane turning sly in that moment. I mean, we heard it, but you can't see his, uh, his, his expression when he's like, I should think it's worth more than that. <laughs> like yeah. suddenly, yep. like <laughs> suddenly he's like, Oh, you're playing the game. That's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. like, uh, I love to when, Don and uh, Don and Roger are giving Pete the hard sell, and then they cut to the bar, and they're like, "That fucking little shit!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so great. And, and uh, the last thing I'll say is, Pete, like my favorite line is, "Everyone, Harry Crane is here!" And yeah. then, like, his, <laughs> yep. like nervous yep. voice. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> also, at the very end great. of the the weekend, uh, you know, um, file thon. I really enjoy when Roger's like, yeah, you don't need to lock that door. <laughs> to Don as he bends down to lock the door. And also, Peggy, can you make me some coffee? No. No. Yeah. 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 And Paul and great- Paul staring into Peggy's office and realizing that he's yeah. the one who got left behind yeah. is also really good. Fuck you, there Paul. Some, so many yeah. good moments. The yeah. little runner where they're like, again? You know, every yeah. time the sale is mentioned. Yeah. And uh, that little <laughs> moment when Pete says he got Clearasil and Peggy's like, really? Yeah. Like, <laughs> because that was his father-in-law's account <laughs> that they did in this episode is that every time somebody's new to the situation they actually explain to that character what is happening you know in other shows yeah. like they'll explain the sale once and then somehow the other characters just magically know it's not part of the conversation yeah. when they enter the you know there's that there's that terrible economy of 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 circumstance that they sort of sometimes uh shortchange characters on and i like that about this episode that everybody gets a chance to react gets the chance to react to yeah. it yeah and that's yeah. great yeah. uh making coffee that's bullshit all right <laughs> i think it's time to put this and, to a vote eh oh john had one more thing oh i'm sorry i was john. just gonna say the most heartbreaking line for me is like when when they're like uh when betty's like you didn't do anything and bobby's like then why are we in the living room oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> oh. all right tara all right. what is your vote oh Yayest of yays. All right, John Ramos. Yay plus. <laughs> Joe Reed. <laughs> Hardiest of yays. Sarah D. Bunting. The fart department says yay. Yeah. <laughs> I can't argue with that. So that makes it five for five. All right, Aaron Madman, season three, episode 13. That's the finale. Shut the door. Have a seat. You are hereby inducted into the extra gray canon. Americans love a winner. Yup. And will not tolerate a loser. Yup. It's time for winner and loser of the <coughs> week. <laughs> this is all uh, Netflix edition today. Uh, winner is really Netflix subscribers because uh, at their press day at the Television Critics Association uh, press tour, uh, Netflix announced not only that it's picking up Jessica Jones for a second season, but before Woo. the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt returns for its second season, it's already picked up for a third season. So, hooray. Yay. Thank Woo. you, gosh. And his son, Jeebus. <laughs> <laughs> Much more excited for the Kimmy Schmidt than I am Jessica Jones, I have to say. Hmm. I hope that in season two, that uh, Kilgrave is not part of the equation. Uh, unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, I think you'll get your wish. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Loser of the week? Um, making a murderer backlash um, between the uh, Dr. Filling uh, <laughs> that the series is receiving. I mean, he is, I think sort of cautiously pro, but um, 
I watched Nancy Grace try to hammer it head down into a lawn on Friday, and it was really not, I mean, she is never a good look, no matter what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think the documentary was one-sided. It's called Having a Narrative Point of View. But also at TCA, apparently the filmmakers were taking kind of a ration from Sounds the like audience um, in terms of their like biases and whatever else. And apparently some critic asked, and I quote, can you define what a fact is? <laughs> I really want to know who it was and what the context was of that question because it could have been some sarcastic like Rumsfeld reference or right. – could have been someone being an idiot. Yeah. I have my theories, but I want to keep looking, so I'm not going to say who I think it is. Maybe you have a question, Dave. I do, and that is this. Do you know what time it is? Uh, yes. Fact time? Uh, nope. It's fact time. Fart department time? Yep. Hey. Is this game time? <laughs> All right, everybody. We are really oh, mature 40-year-olds on this podcast. Uh, and Joe. I thought that that was like a sound problem on the, nope. on the line. Okay. The line is farting. <laughs> All right, everybody. This is the ninth game time of the season with Nick's victory last week for value guests. The standings are now Joe 3, Tara 3, guest 2, Sarah 0. Today we're playing a game from Rob Hartman. Yay! With a simple Yay! premise. Simple <laughs> premise from Rob Hartman okay. this week. It's going to be fast. It's going to be furious. Okay. I'm going to give you two shows. Yep. And you're going to tell me which one debuted first. Whoa! Oh, wow. Okay. Sure. If you get the answer correct, you can try to gain an extra point by telling me the year the oh. first show debuted. Oh, shit. All right. Whoa. The year okay. the first show. Got it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this game is called Chicken and Egg. I still have egg. a steel meal, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Steel I guess we'll meal. Jump. <laughs> <laughs> we have seventy-two <laughs> questions for you today, plus a tiebreaker if we need it. For his troubles, Rob Hartman earns an extra credit, redeemable for an extra hot, great mini topic of his choosing. And if I may say, his topics are usually really fun. I still Agree. remember the one where he asked True. us to add dinosaurs to shows. All right, Rob let's Hartman, get to it. Let's throw it to Picky. We will start with Joe. All right. Here is our order. Joe, Sarah, John, Tara. Are we ready to play chicken and egg? Yes, sir. Yes. Yes. Sure. <clears throat> yes. Law and order or L.A. Law, which is the earlier show. Man. <laughs> um, pretty sure it's L.A. Law. Very good. What year did it debut for an extra point? Uh. 1986? Hey! Wow. Nice, wow, nice pull. Done. Sarah D. Bunting. Yeah. MacGyver or Knight Rider? <laughs> oh, shit. Which of those shows debuted first? Uh, I am actually not sure, but I'm pretty sure it was Knight Rider. Knight Rider is correct. Nice. What year did it debut? Uh, 1984. Four. Ooh, mm. off by quite a bit. 1982. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh shit. I earlier. Known that. All right. Oh, Mr. Ramos. Yes. Mork and Mindy or Laverne and Shirley? Oh. Huh. Laverne and Shirley, mind you. Both, one. both spinoffs from Happy Days, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. Um, I'm going to go with Lavoine. <laughs> <laughs> and the year. 
the year 1976. Hey! Wow. Nice. Ooh. Well done. <laughs> Correct. All right, Tara. Yes, sir. Roseanne mm-hmm. or The Cosby Show? The Cosby Show. And the year? Oh. 1985? I should be giving the other information for those that are curious, so I'll just uh, rewind for a second. LA okay. Law 86, Law and Order 90. Whoa. Uh, Knight Rider 82, MacGyver 85. Mm-hmm. Laverne and Shirley 76, as guest. Mark and Mindy 78. Mm-hmm. And The Cosby Show 84, oh. Roseanne four years later in 88. Yeah, that one I would have known. All right. Joe, the yes. Jetsons and the Flintstones, which was first? Ew. <laughs> I mean, the Flintstones has to be first. Correct. Okay. But what year? <laughs> oh, here's where I... Oh, honest to God, like, I might get the wrong decade yeah. for this. This is the problem. <laughs> um, all right. So they were... The Flintstones was a takeoff of the Honeymooners, so it's after that. Not that I know when the Honeymooners was either. <laughs> uh, 1963? That was pretty close. Mm. But it was yeah. 1960, so you're in the you're okay. in the ballpark. Jetsons? But get this, right, Jetsons enough. only two years later. Huh. I thought there would be huh. more of a gap because Jetsons is basically yeah. you know the future Flintstones, yeah. carbon copy. Right? So. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess they didn't waste any time with that money machine there at Hanna Barbera. <laughs> Sarah D. Bunting. Oh, look at this. Yeah. Uh, Picky shines upon you with this choice, or maybe not, the Partridge Family or the Brady Bunch. Mm. Oh, shit. Shit, 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 ski. <laughs> Brady Bunch. That is correct. 1969. That yeah. is correct. Wow, nice. Partridge family, one year later, almost to the date. Hmm. Wow. John Ramos. Bionic yes. Woman or Wonder Woman? Huh. It's really interesting um, to see when there's things in the water on television. Yeah. When you see these shows together. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say. Shit. Monty, <laughs> That's not here, what I'm going to say, know. but I did say it. Um, Bionic, Bionic Woman, Woman. Or Wonder Woman? Bionic Woman. Yeah, but it was close. Wonder Woman, November 1975, and the Bionic Woman, Bionic Woman, January 76. Jeez. I had a year on Bionic Woman, too, yeah, but I wasn't sure about Wonder Woman. Damn. Tara Ariano, Mm -hmm. Bewitched or I Dream of Genie? Bewitched. Correct? Uh, 1962. 64. Dang. Close. I Dream of Genie, 65. Hmm. One year and one day later. Joe Reed, Taxi yes. or Cheers? Taxi. Correct. Um, What year was Taxi? Oh, gosh. 79? 78. Really close. Wow. Oh, I would have thought it was earlier. I was hemming and hawing. Hmm. Sarah Bunting, Growing Pains or Family Ties? Oh, Christ. Um, family ties. Sha-la-la-la. La-la-la-la. 82? Yay! Nice. Damn. John Ramos, friends or mad about you? 
Oh god, Terrell, kill me if I get this wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and there is like a logic to this that will give you the answer if you think about it. Yeah, there's a logic to this. Well, I mean, there's. Is there? Yeah, yeah there's a, there's there a path. There's a yeah, path to follow for the is. answer here. Yeah. Oh yeah, true. Uh, right? I'm not. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. No, I believe you. I'm not seeing it. Uh, mad about you. Correct. Yes. So mad about you had the character Ursula, right? Yes. Who was Phoebe's sister? Yes. And then that was ah, uh, that's where I came. Yeah. Okay, I never Correct. watched that one. Um, I will say it premiered in 1992. Nice. 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 Thanks. You know, I'm so bad with years. I'm very impressed with the number of right guesses you guys have. <laughs> uh, Matlock! Okay. Or Murder, She Wrote. Oh, God. Murder, <laughs> She Wrote? <laughs> is correct. Me. 1986. Mm. Five? 1986 is Matlock. 1984, two years earlier for Murder, Sheesh. She Wrote. It took uh, two years is not my year. to incubate yeah. uh, Jessica, whatever, <laughs> Another... to turn it into Batlock. Geriatric <laughs> <laughs> uh, crime fighter. Deathbringer. Mm. <laughs> Happy I'm... birthday, Betty White, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, Another yeah. year, you bitch. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> at this point, I've accepted that she will outlive me at Dance on My Grave. Like, it's as she much will, as I yeah. deserve, but whatever. <laughs> 94 years old. I'm not going to say young. America's Next Top Model, speaking of Betty White, Uh or Project Runway, Joe. Okay. America's Next Top Model, Project Runway. All right, now I've got to, like, orient things around, like, when I started working for DWAP, when I moved to New York (laughs) City. Um, America's Next Top Model. And the year. Is it 2005? Mm. No, 2003. Project One Way a year later, 2004. Actually, a year and a half Mm. later. (laughs) Hello, Dan Rogie, listening to the Mm -hmm. news. Next Top Model was a uh, spring show. Right. So it was May. Right, right, right. Uh, Sarah D. Bunting, 17 kids and counting, or John (laughs) and Kate plus eight. Oh, my God. Um, John and Kate plus eight? Yeah, correct. Nice, nice, very good. Uh, and I just while you're thinking of the 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 year, uh, a couple of years ago, I went back to my uh, ancestral home in Thorold, <laughs> Ontario, and whenever I go there, I have a laundry list of things I have to fix with my mother's computer. Yep, she's like, oh, there's <laughs> this and that. So I went there, and um, all the tabs for the browser, it was all. Uh, Gosling is that the name of these Gosselin. people? Gosling. Gosling. Yeah. It's all Gosling like websites and like discussion forums really? and stuff. Yeah. Is that weird? Huh. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, come on, months. Get back to your geology. Investigating them for something? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You had time to think about it. What do you think? Year? Yeah, I did have time to think about it. It didn't really help, but I appreciate the stalling. Let's go with two thousand one. Oh, way off. Mm. 2007 mm. and 2008. Uh, really? Kids That's it? Christ. It seems like they've been, <laughs> been with us. haunting us much longer. <laughs> Cake Boss or Ace of Cakes, John? No. 
<laughs> oh, yes, John. Sorry, I thought it was me. Yeah, it's John. Oh, sorry. sorry I thought sorry, you were saying sorry. no like I had to no, say no, no, kick no, no. boss. <laughs> sorry. It kick is boss. John. Yeah, kick that's not my answer yet. But. <laughs> kick boss or What's Ace the second of show? Cakes? What's the second show again? Ace of Cakes. Uh, cake boss. Mm, really? Oh, Ace of Cakes by, <laughs> get this, three years. I am shocked. Three Whoa. calendar years, anyways. Two and a half years by the looks of it. Tara, Big yes. Brother or Survivor U.S.? Uh, oh, no. <sighs> Survivor, but they were like months apart, right? Uh, Survivor. Um, and get this, Survivor, uh, May 31st, 2000, Big Brother, July wait, 5th. You didn't, yeah, she didn't I guess remember. the year. Uh, and the year is, t- oh, boy. I don't think she heard, sorry. Are we really doing this? <laughs> she didn't hear. She didn't guess the year. She did, we, she oh, really? Oh, <laughs> really? No, I said I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it's two thousand. Okay. I remember because it was the year we all went to Las Vegas. I yeah. didn't hear. Sorry. Uh, Joe, CSI or, navally speaking, NCIS. <laughs> okay, uh, CSI. Do I get that point? Oh, I didn't hear you. Yeah, I think you dropped out. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Answer CSI again. is my answer. Correct. And the year was uh, 2004. Mm, 2000, period. Whoa, Jesus. And uh, NCIS Mm. following three years later. Three years later. Okay, I was way off. All right. Oh, sorry. That was number 17. All right. Bring us into our score break. (laughs) Sarah D. Bunting. 30 Rock or... Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. (laughs) Studio 60. Yeah! Correct. Nice. And that was... I don't really enjoy being in the same room as Joe for this answer. (laughs) (laughs) Frankly... (laughs) 2006? Yeah! I think so, yeah. Yep. Curious, Joe, yep. could you work that out, like, via West Wing? Would you do the In math that way? In terms of what? Well, because you're such a West Wing fan, would you be able to play Studio 60 by the end of West Wing plus... Well, he recapped it. Oh, recapped okay. it. oh well, yeah, I recapped it, so that's how I that's <laughs> yeah. how I remember that. Oh, okay. I plotted yeah. it based on when we all worked in 30 Rock. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, do you want to guess that, at yeah. the... 30 Rock debut how uh, much later? Because it's not much. Um, it was 2007, I think it no? was 07, yeah. Nope, right. it was like less than a month later. Oh my yeah, God. it was that wow. same year. Yeah, Because they were both on the air at the same time. Because she made that joke at the Writers Guild Awards about how right. her dress was uh, exactly <laughs> like Aaron Sorkin's dress, but shorter. and uh, or his, his dress was like hers, except longer and not, not funny. funny. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> 18th of <laughs> September versus October 11th. October wow. 11th. All right, that's our first yeah. score break. No. Wait. No, me and Tara still have to go. John I and I still have to go. Yeah. We're in the middle of a Oh, round. you know what? Yeah, it's because I have eight tails. <laughs> the Wire or The Sopranos? And that is question. Phew. All right. Wire or The Sopranos? Wire or The Sopranos? The Wire. Surprisingly not. And I would have guessed Can that. Can I steal this one? <laughs> hey! Oh, yeah. You can use your... Uh... Well, what you... do I get again for this? Uh, you get the points. 
the point, and that's it. Yeah. And the bonus point, I would assume. Well, I mean, it's it's a 50-50 shot. I thought I was only getting the bonus point. I just wasn't sure if there was, like, some other Dave point that oh, attached yeah, to totally. that, or no. did I already get that? No, no, you're greedy. All right. 98. Mm, 99. What? 99. 99. <laughs> All right, well. <laughs> <laughs> easy come, easy go. Steel, it, was she bites it. Back. it was worth it to hear Satan. <laughs> easy chomp, easy go. Now, I would have thought The Wire because of the aspect ratio stuff. No, 2003. 2002. Really? For The Wire, yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah, but I just would have, that would have been my answer because, I mean, Sopranos was always widescreen. I right? don't think so. Wasn't it? I don't know. Sarah, were the original ones uh, le- um, square or, or widescreen? Uh, I watched them square, so I'm oh, not okay. sure. I think the first couple seasons are... Oh, okay. It's the or 90s, like, TV aspect ratio. Now they just, like, black bar the Yeah, I guess yeah, this maybe I'm just thinking of subsequent yeah. releases. All right, let's uh, get this to uh, the score break, Tara. Yeah. Felicity or Dawson's Creek? Dawson's Creek. Yeah, that was an easy one for you. All right, but what's the year? 1998. All right, January 98 for Dawson's Creek, Felicity, later in that year, September. Yep. September. All right, now it's time for the score break. Very close game. John has four, Joe has six, I have seven, Sarah's in the lead with eight. All right. Well done. (laughs) All right, so we're back. This is question 21 for Joe. Star Trek or Lost in Space? We're talking Star Trek, the original series. (laughs) <laughs> all we could hear was the whimper oh boy okay oh, um <laughs> yeah this is a bad one okay was. wait wait before we say oh picky let's just also say this show these shows are before all our times let's yes. not like we're not 80 years but joe old. doesn't care that's the that's the difference yeah i know but i didn't want <laughs> to make a double whammy like for me <laughs> joe didn't know but somehow this was automatic knowledge for the rest of us right <laughs> i mean i'm not um, in, i'm not dead yet I'm going to say Lost in Space. You would be correct. Nice. Okay. Um, nineteen. I remember watching Lost in Space when I would come home from television because it was space and I was always disappointed in every episode I watched because it wasn't like Star Wars, but I thought it should be because yeah. it's in space like Star Wars. But a lot of them are in black and white. Space. Yeah, that's how I got it because that's black and white. And yeah. yeah. Not Was all it 66? Oh, so close. 65. Ah. Star Trek is 66. Yeah, Trek is 66. Ah. Yeah. Sarah. But that was that's a good showing, Joe. Yeah. Sarah D. Bunting. Yeah, thank you. Uh, here's a show that is from your youth. Gunsmoke or Bonanza. <laughs> Chomp. Sarah has left, left the podcast <laughs> in our lives forever. Now, while you're at home, while Sarah's thinking of her answer, you just imagine the two uh, Native Americans from The Simpsons <laughs> doing their mall bonanza dance right now to stall for time. <laughs> What's the matter? You don't like bonanza? <laughs> Anyone else watch UHF? Yep. Anyone at all? Wheel of okay. fish. Which debuted first? Uh... uh Bonanza. Oh no! Gunsmoke by four years, fifty-five versus fifty-nine. And then Gunsmoke is like it went for eighty seasons or something. Yeah. It's like the longest. Yeah, I think that's the one that yeah that lasted forever. It was them and Law and Order like dueling <laughs> for longest running. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jonathan Ramos Tholomew, the newlywed game or the dating game? Ooh, dang! Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> newlywed game, making whoopee, or the makes dating game, 
<laughs> Which one's a dating game? Dating game is just just uh, where you kiss. Mwah. Yeah. Right. Right. Just imagining you, In Sarah, making yep, making a note to make a let's go that to the video was tape on that. game. I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got an answer, John? Uh, dating game. Correct. What nice. year? Nice. Mm, God, no idea. When did mankind start to date? 1977. <laughs> wow, like that is our worst answer yet. That was 65. <laughs> you 65. Didn't have to tell it like it is. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. You didn't have to tell it like it is. If I hadn't already died of old age, I'd try to defend John. But... <laughs> All right, speaking of old people, yeah. I love Lucy or oh, The Honeymooners. Um, Joe, I'll... you got to find out when The Honeymooners was. <laughs> yeah, I, I love... know. It's good. I love Lucy. <laughs> Where are you? Correct. Okay. Nice. Mm. Oh, I kind of surprised by that. I thought the honeymooners was first. I'm just yeah, gonna s- me too. say 1950. Mm. 51. Yeah, the honeymooners four so years close. later, 55. <laughs> All right, Joe. Oh. Mash yep. or Hogan's Heroes? <laughs> oh, so not Mash or After Mash, huh? No. <laughs> um. <laughs> Mash or Hogan's Heroes? Yes. All right, Mash was on the air for seventy-five years, so count backwards from. Um, <laughs> huh. Hogan's Hogan's Heroes. Hogan's Heroes is correct. Hey, that okay. would not nice. been, I guess. And by and my... a large margin, it's like a oh, yeah? seven-year spread. Mm. Mm. Extra little huh. bonus hint there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, eh. Uh, huh. Sixty-nine? Sixty-five. Mm. Ah, oh. even farther. Mm. Sarah D. Bunting. Magnum yeah. P.I. <laughs> or Miami Vice. Oh, shit. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Magnum P.I. Correct. 1980. Three. 1980. Uh, 80. 84 for Miami Vice. Wow. Yeah. That I knew. Fuck. The Jeffersons, John. The Jeffersons or Good Times? Good Times. That is correct. Hi, Kim. Uh, <laughs> Ain't um, we glad we got them? Good Times. 1970? Mm. 74. Jefferson's mm. one year later, 75. Mm. Tara. Yeah. G- 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 Dukes of Hazard. No. Or BJ and the Bear. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Dukes of Hazard? Mm. Shit. Incorrect. Mm. BJ and the Bear, 78. Mm. Of, uh, October 78, Dukes of Hazard, a few months later in January, 79. Mm. Yeah. Would not have thought that late. In the beach. Joe, <laughs> the Prophet or Shark Tank? The Prophet or Shark Tank? Yep. Uh, oh, I'm not good at this. Okay. Um, <laughs> the Prophet is one of those shows that exists like completely outside of my sphere. That like I, ugh. um, Shark Tank. Joe's more of a uh, Mad Money guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, I got that. Okay. Some its own Jim Kramer. <laughs> now, I worked at ABC while this show, when this show debuted, so we'll see. So? Huh. So I have a vague 
six-year window. Um, Were you eating a ditch dog at the time, or...? I know, right? I need to, like, put myself back into the space that I was in. Yeah. Um, 2011. Mm. 2009. Mm. 2009. Oh, Profit. wow. Okay. Sarah, do you know when Profit started? Uh, 2013? Yep. Yep. 2013, July. And Sarah, cops or America's Most Wanted. That's a Sarah combo. <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, geez. That's totally a Sarah combo. Sarah Let's, is concerned. Wait, wait, wait. Excuse me for a moment. Let's see if this bozo can get the right answer. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, cameo from Sheriff John. <laughs> this host might be in trouble. Uh, I think they're pretty close. I think it's America's Most Wanted. Looks like this culprit got away with it. Yay! <laughs> but if I know the men in blue, not for long. All right, what year? <laughs> Um, 85. Uh, 88. Uh, Cops following uh, a year later in 89. I would have guessed the opposite. Oh, God. John. Poor John. Huh. All right, John. Sorry. Dance Moms or (laughs) Here Comes Honey Boo Boo. (laughs) What? At least these are in our lifetime. Yeah. Literally. The Texas Variety Hour or The Old Gold Cigarette Mayhem. Oh man! Uh, <laughs> Terrible. I'm gonna say dance improv, moms. Dave. Dance moms. He said. <laughs> You're correct. Nice. Well done. Um, but what year? Pray tell. 2009. 2011. Really? Yeah, God. Honey Boo Boo. One year later, 2012. It's really had a lot of cultural impact wow. for something that's only five years old. Tara Ariano, yes. Deadliest Catch, uh-huh. or Ice Road Truckers. Deadliest Catch. Oh, God. What year? 2005. <laughs> wow. wow. Nice working okay. it out. Are we as a culture Stop done with those shows yet? With the... Speaking of Captain Cold. <laughs> Are we? Yes. Are they making Are those shows still? Let's no, hope. they're still making them. I know, but they're making new ones. I don't know. Like I, I feel like we scraped. It's the... like Ice Road Truckers, the new class now. And the <laughs> other ones died. Freaks and well, geeks. We won't have Joe. Ice Roads for too much longer, so it'll be Freaks and Geeks <laughs> yes. or My So Called Life, which was first. Really? My So Called Life, 1994. Correct. Nice. Freaks and Geeks. Anybody want to guess that one? 99. Yep. 99. Oh, 99. Is it okay? Sarah D. Bunting, suddenly Susan, or guess the other one. What's the other one? <laughs> Caroline, Caroline in the, in the city. city. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Oh, good old Caroline in the shitty. That is a tough one. Yeah, that is tough. I think it's Caroline in the shitty. You are shrite. <laughs> but what year? That is also a really good question. And that year, um, and my no doubt incorrect answer, will begin with uh, nineteen. You're good so far. Ninety. Mm. Six. Oh, five. God. five. Oh. Susan. 96. I thought it was four. <laughs> I, that's what I was said, too. John Ramos, picket fences or northern exposure. Northern exposure. <laughs> you want to say it the normal way so you can understand what the fuck you're talking about? Well, northern I started to say it wrong, exposure. And I just went with it. 
Uh, Northern Exposure or Picket Fences? No, Northern Exposure. That is correct. But what year? Oh, really? 1988. Oh, 1990. Summer of 90. Picket Fences, 92. Tari Ariano. Yeah. Spin City or News Radio? Oh, boy. Spin City? Mm. Fuck! News Radio, 95. Spin City, 96. Boo. Yeah. Joe Reed. Cagney yes. and Lacey or <laughs> Policewoman. <laughs> oh, I was really God. hoping it was going to be the equalizer. <laughs> oh, no. Policewoman. I, sometimes I, I, I don't believe Policewoman's an actual show. It's just like one, like it's one right? of those. It's like the Morley cigarettes of television. It's like a fake show people use sometimes to fill in gaps. You picked the right week to make that reference with me, Dave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Policewoman. That is correct. Okay. Um, 77? Oh, close. 74. Mm. A Cagney oh, Lacey. Really? Uh, ooh, seven years later, 81. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah D. Bunting, Alice, or One Day at a Time? Oh. Moment of silence for Schneider. <clears throat> yeah, moment of silence for Schneider. <laughs> whoop on your feet for Schneider. Ooh, whoop on yeah. the key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, did you see they're remaking it for with uh, Rita Marino? I saw. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 one day at a time in Alice? And yep. Alice. Uh, uh, one day at a time. Yeah. Oh, nice. Correct. 76? Oh, close. Mm. 75. Kiss My Grits. Oh. Alice, 76. John Ramos, Charlie's Angels or Chips? Chips. No. that. Gotta get that horn going. Charlie's, Charlie's Angels, Angels or Chips? Charlie's Angels. Correct. But what year, John? Nice. What year was Charlie's Angels? 1975. Oh, shit. So close. 76. 76. Mm. Tara, bring us into our second score break. Yep. Little House on the Prairie oh, or no. The Waltons. Oh, God. Oh, shit. Um, Waltons? Okay. Nice. Fuck. It was... I'm going to say, like, 68? Oh, no. 72. Yeah. September 72, Little House, September 74. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it is, that was question 40. Well, still very close. John has nine. I have 11. Sarah and Joe are tied with 12 apiece. Wow. All right. There's still plenty of games. So. <laughs> Getting back to Joe. Yes. Grim or Once Upon a Time? Mm. Oh, dear. Okay. All right. Once Upon a Time, another show that debuted while I was working at the American Broadcasting Company. <laughs> um, I think the answer is Grimm. Oh, no. No! But, yeah, but that was almost a, t- a, a coin toss, Joe. Once Upon was a it Time, the same year? 23rd of October. Grimm, 28th of October. Oh, right. 2011. Oh. Man. Oh, Nikki. That is rough stuff. Yeah. Sarah D. Yeah. Bunting. Elementary or Sherlock? Sherlock. Yeah. Yeah. But what year? 
What year for Sherlock? I remember that because when we started watching the elementary pilot, I said, I instantly hate this. Yeah. <laughs> the rate they churned them out, though, it might be like around the corner from this house. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't I already hear that. lived when Sherlock came out. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to say 2011. Mm. 2010. Oh, oh, no. Elementary Why? Why didn't I trust myself? Suits or white collar, John? <laughs> oh, dicky. Uh, white collar. That is correct. Nice. The year oh, was. God, let me. Let me backtrack this. So. We watched the premiere. <laughs> when my mother 2010? was. 2010? Mm. No. 2009. We watched the oh. pilot of that when my mother was in town for a visit and she could not stop talking about how she didn't think it was believable that Matt Bomer's character wouldn't have fully shaved because he had like a tiny <laughs> amount of scruff. She was very offended by This is what by she's it. focusing on? I don't Carol. know. <laughs> he was a criminal. Of course he had devil a facial hair. Your mom's weird. Californication or Entourage? Tara. Uh, Entourage. Ew. That is correct, but what year? Ugh. Oh, God. Mm. <laughs> John. <Ew>. Two... Mm. <laughs> 2004? Nice. Wow, nice. <laughs> nice, says nice, Tara. I say to myself. <laughs> Self-high-five. It was the year we first got the DVR. That's how I remember it, because I still watched it then for reasons unknown. Wow. Californication, 2007. 2007. Joe, yeah. man yeah. from Atlantis or manimal? <laughs> Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> man from Jesus Atlantis Pinky. was a show. Oh, uh, yeah, no. I was about to say, Did Man from Atlantis. That is abusive. I've never heard of Man from Atlantis. I have, <laughs> but in that this police This is the first I've ever heard of it right now. Yeah. <sighs> or Manimal. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Huh. I know what's stuck in John's head. This right is now. what I get for all those jokey <laughs> Manimal answers for the TV theme songs <laughs> age ago. Um, I'm going to guess... Man from Atlantis. Yeah. All right. Take take, oh, a, guess. Nice. take a stab at the year. <laughs> what year was Atlantis founded? Nineteen seventy-three. No, that's good to guess as any. Seventy-seven. Manimal okay. eighty-three. We're in the right decade. That's better than I could have done. So yeah. I don't know what Man yeah. from Atlantis is, but I'm guessing he's some sort of. Uh, animal creature? man creature based on the, the pairing with the animal. footed so. yeah. oh, I'm sure people will tell us all about Some it sort in of the thread. Aqua esque yes. man, perhaps. From sure, sure, Atlantis. Sure. <laughs> Quantum Leap, Sarah, or Star Trek The Next Generation? Ooh. I have a feeling these are the same year and that that's going to screw me. But maybe not. Star Trek The Next Generation. Hey! Nice. What year? 87? Yeah. Hey! All right. Quantum Leap. Hey! Two, two years later. Sarah. Huh? John Ramos. Sarah. Original Battlestar Galactica, the one without the uh, Joan Holloway <laughs> boot ship. Mm-hmm. Boot ship. Closing my eyes. Oh, yeah. You come out of orbit. Booble on fire. Or Buck Rogers in the 25th century. <laughs> Booble on fire. Such a good joke, Sarah. Oh, God. Space! Uh, Buck Rogers. 
Sorry, John. John said Buck, Buck Rogers. Rogers. No, sorry. It was Battlestar Galactica 78, <laughs> Buck Rogers 79. 79. No. Oh. Tara Ariana yeah. on 5. Oh, no. Yes. Or Star Trek Boob Space Boob. <laughs> That's Deep Space Nut. Um, fuck. Deep Space Nine? Correct. Okay. Nice. Oh. Year. Um, I would have been. That surprises me because the thing I remember Babylon Five is at the time they were using Commodore Amigas like for the first <laughs> few episodes for the special effects. <laughs> yeah. And I had one at the time. I had my Amiga Two Thousand. Not that shitty Amiga Five Hundred, guys. Mm-hmm. Fuck that noise. Mm-hmm. I saved it for Two Thousand. Four times as good. And uh, it was kind <laughs> of. And uh, the effects in Star Trek D Space Nine were uh, like a magnitude better. It's surprised at that order. But uh, okay, the year. the year. I'm pretty sure it came out when I was in university, so I'm going to say 93. You would be correct. Hey. Babylon, one oh, year wow. later. Nice. One year later. <laughs> Joe Reed, medium. Yes. Not well done. Huh? Or right. Ghost Whisperer. <laughs> oh. I am pretty sure medium was first. Wow, I'm surprised. Okay, so Patricia Arquette won the Emmy for that in like. Oh God, that's right. What the hell? She did. She <laughs> did. She totally did. Tara. I mean, congratulations. I'm <laughs> <laughs> interested in that show, though. To be fair, what is, is that you say? extra small i'm gonna say 2004 it debuted oh sorry i lost my place oh close mm. 2005 but yeah i knew it was january 3rd okay. 2005 barely yep. and oh, oh was so she what it debuted the year she won the emmy for it damn it okay ghost whisper later in that year in september hmm. okay wonderfalls <laughs> <laughs> uh, second time it's been name checked in this episode or Joan of arcadia This is Sarah, right? Yeah, this yeah, is Sarah. This is for Sarah. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Joe is giving me the Captain Cold. No, I was death trying. Stare. I was trying to figure out how I could work Jonah Farcadia into it. But... <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Already done. All right, um, Jonah Farcadia or Wonderfalls? Ooh, Wonderfalls. Mm. Incorrect. Jonah Farcadia, September two thousand three. Wonderfalls, March two thousand four. Mm. John Ramos, Smallville or Show Roswell? Could you say that again, Dave? I'm yeah. sorry. Smallville or Roswell? Smallville or Roswell? Uh, Roswell. Yep. Correct? 1999. <laughs> yep. Nice. Nice. Smallville. Space. And Rogie being proud. Yep. Smallville <laughs> yeah. 2001. Yeah. 2001. Sheriff <laughs> <Jared> Porno. <laughs> Tara. Yeah. X-Files or Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, no. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, Unsolved Mysteries? Okay. Oh, God. Sarah, please don't divorce me if I get this wrong. 19. I don't even know this one. 88. 90? X Files 93. Yeah. Joe Reed, The Practice, or Allie McBeal? Okay. 
Oh, the crap disc. I can I can work this out. Okay. Need a protractor? I'm pretty sure <laughs> the practice was just before Ally McBeal. Is that your answer? Yes, the practice. You are correct. Okay. And then, all right, so I was a freshman in college, and I think it was in its, like, second season. There's some real missing link. I also think it was a mid-season debut. So it's either, like, fall of 97 or or spring of 98. I'm going to... God. Or I could just be an entire year off. Um... You're going to be a entire year off if you don't answer to this sometimes, Joe. <laughs> Is it 97? Hey! Yes! Correct. Okay. Nice. March 97 cool. versus right. September well 97. Okay. All right. Sarah D. Bunting, Moonlighting or Remington Steel? Ooh. Remington Steel. You are hey. correct. She says confidently she was correct. But what she year? is pretty confident. Um... I was old enough to stay home. This is why I was watching it. I was old enough to stay home and babysit my little brother at that time. Oh, I don't remember exactly what year. I could draw you a picture of Stephanie Symbolist, though. <laughs> 1983. 82. Close. Mm. Moonlighting, yeah. 85. Oh, close. Boy. Punky Brewster, John, or Webster. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Insulin for Dude, you, that- sir? When did that refrigerator come into play? Um, <laughs> Not soon enough. <laughs> Sorry. Dead kids um, are bad. Shoot. Can't pull out exactly when Webster was. I'm going to say Webster. Nice. And the year. 1983? Hey! Nice. Wow. Was it really? Wow. Wow. Different strokes, Tara, or silver spoons? Different strokes. Oh, boy. Mm. 1980. 78. Shit. Yeah, silver spoon, 82. Wow. Joe Reed. Good old Conrad Beige. Yes. (laughs) Sanford and Son, or... Yeah. This is really helping, Joey. Guys, keep going. All right, all right, all right. What's the other show? For the love of Elizabeth, too far. (laughs) You know, when that theme starts, you got to finish it. Uh, Or Chico and the Man. Oh, you know what? I kind of made myself lightheaded doing this. (laughs) <laughs> Sanford and Son and Chico and the Man. Yeah. Oh, Sanford and Son. Correct. Okay. And the year. As for the year. Oh, 75. Mm. 72. Chico and the Man, 74. Okay. Mm. Wow. Or Sarah D. Bunting, Who's the Boss? Or Charles in Charge? <laughs> Oh, Christ. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Who's the boss or Charles in charge? Charles in charge of days <laughs> and our nights. Charles in charge. <laughs> uh, sorry. Whoa. Incorrect. But not by much. Who's the boss? Uh, September 20th, 2004. 
October 3rd. Not 2004. I mean, uh, two th- 2004. 1984. 1984. Uh-huh. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, Charles in Charge, October 3rd, 1984. Wow. All right, All right John. Murphy Brown or Designing Women? Hmm. That's tough. Good boy. Um... When did they invent shoulder pads? <laughs> Count your way back from there. And when um, did they perfect them? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Designing the women. Avenger. Nice. nice. 1988. 86. Oh. Murphy Brown was 88. Yeah. All right, bring us into our next score break, Tara. Yeah. Mr. Belvedere mm-hmm. or... Benson. Or another show where someone sat on his balls. Um, <laughs> Benson was first. And the year... <laughs> uh, wait, 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 wait. No, yes, that's wait. all any of us can think of, Tara. So nice, like, warfare there. I, I will Jesus. accept balls. The, write it down. Pammy will accept balls. Well, everyone was... <laughs> that's the first thing you think of when you hear Mr. Belvedere, right? Belvedering, sure. Right? Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. All right. Um, Benson was 1979. You're correct. Whoa. Wow. Belvedere, much later, 85. <laughs> 85. All right, so that brings us almost to the end of our game. That was 60 of 72 questions. Okay. John has 15. Sarah has 16. Joe has uh, 18. I have 19. All right. Closey, close, close. All right, so here we are. Starting with question 61 for joe yes. now have to choose between three shows three oh, shows no. Ooh. Oh, no. All right. do we only have to say what one was first or do we yeah. have to put them all yeah just one, the right which one was first yeah okay great dead like me pushing daisies uh-huh. six feet uh-huh. under oh <laughs> okay wow well daisies was the last of those i'm gonna say six feet under Joe Reed, you are correct. Hey. Okay. Um, okay, I should be able to get this. Okay, so the year I graduated college, then a thing, <laughs> then, um, and then another thing, and, then an, and, an, and, another, and another thing, and another thing, um, <laughs> uh, 03? Incorrect. I think it's 01. 01, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I, I did get all direction. the data, so I'm going to change the rules a little bit. If you do get the right answer, I'm going to give you guesses at all all the shows. Years. Oh. Yep. That's ex- right. So Pushing Daisies was 07. Yeah. Dead Like Me. 05. 03. Mm. 2001 for oh, okay. Six Feet Under, 2003 for Dead Like Me, 2007 for Pushing Daisies. All right. All right. Sorry about that. Okay. Sarah D. Bunting, alias Dark Angel Dollhouse. <laughs> alias. <laughs> Is this thing on? Hello? Oh, yeah. We can, we heard you the second time. Yeah. Sorry. No, if you, if you, oh, we if can you hear dropped you. out. Yeah, you dropped out. Was that correct? It was not. <laughs> it is Dark Angel in 2000, followed by Alias in 2001, Dollhouse 2009. Mm. Yeah. John Ramos. Teen yes. Wolf, Supernatural, Vampire Diaries. <laughs> Which was first? Supernatural. Uh, you are correct. What year was Supernatural? 
it's been on oh, for darn. one trillion seasons. Yep. I can't remember if this is its 10th or 11th season um, right now, but I am going to say 2006. 2005. God! Five. All right, Vampire Diaries? <laughs> um, that, I think, is in its 2007. Nope, sorry. That's wrong. <laughs> wrong button. Vampire Diaries is 2009. Teen Wolf? Uh, that one I have no idea. 2000. Okay, go. Well, let yeah, him guess. guess. Right. Well, <laughs> well, if he says he knows, has no idea, I guess well, he knows what yeah, he guess. I can pull out a year. Does he? He knows it's going to be after 2009. <laughs> 2011. Hey! Nice. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Right. Charmed. Sabrina? You are correct. What year? Okay. 90. Uh, oh. 94. 96. Okay. Buffy, 95? 97. <laughs> okay. What was the last one? Charmed. Charmed. Oh. Um, charmed like two. 99? 98. Off by one. Whole run. <laughs> All right. It's so, like that Bugs Bunny cartoon when he's like the pitch piano. is going really slow and it's just like strike one, strike two, strike three. Oh, I thought it was the uh, the note, the exploding piano. Oh, kept on playing the wrong note. Uh, the Flash. This is uh, Joe. The Flash, greatest yes. American hero, the Incredible Hulk. Is it the current Flash or oh, so the, the I think the original Flash? Flash. Uh, let me check. Hang on. The John Wesley. Yeah, the, yeah, Flash. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah, yeah. Dawson's Flash. Okay. Dawson's Dad Flash. Dawson's <laughs> yeah. Flash. Technically, they're both Dawson slash. No, I know what you mean. Okay, so it's <laughs> he's on both shows, you guys. Nope. Um, that is, what is it? The greatest American hero, and what's the third? Uh, Incredible Hulk, greatest American hero, The Flash. Oh, criminy. Okay. And Joe, I have a request. I want more of that. Uh-huh. I want more of pedantic TV guy. Of pedantic Flash voice. Yeah. First episode was a very important episode of the man of TV history. Uh, um, uh, I, uh, is it The Incredible Hulk? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. What year? Oh, um, 77? Oh, close. 78. Okay. Greatest American hero is 80? 81. Pulling guitar here. Uh, <laughs> Flash like catching on. Seventy nine. Seventy nine. Whoa, no. Nineteen ninety for the Flash. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh wow, really? Yeah. Jeez. I okay. No idea. Sunscreen shit. Oh, hang on. Something just happened to my recording. I like how quickly missing these got canonically Tara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> it's like the Homer Simpson. Pulling a Homer. Pulling a Simpson. Pulling a Homer. All right. Oh, no. Getting it wrong is pulling a Homer. Yeah. <laughs> womp, womp. Okay. Let's see. This is Sarah D. Bunting. I spy the man from Uncle Mission Impossible. Oh, Christ. Yeah. I spy <laughs> the man from Uncle and Mission Impossible. Insert joke here. That's basically a sentence. I am going to um, guess, emphasis on guess, uh, the man from Uncle. Yep. Hey! Nice. nice. Which, okay, get, get ready to Tara, everybody. Aww. The man from Uncle, 1967. 
67 is incorrect. It was 64. Your other two shows. I was 66. 65. (laughs) Oh. Fuck. What was the other one? Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible? 68. That one was 66. Space! Spice! Spice! Can't blame space there. All right, John. The Bob Newhart. The Bob Newhart Show. The Carol Burnett Show. Mary Tyler Moore Show. The Bob Newhart Show. You are incorrect. Carol Burnett Show was first in 67, followed by Mary Tyler Moore Show in 70, followed by Bob Newhart in 72. Mm. Seventh Heaven, Uh Highway to Heaven, Touched by an Angel. Okay. Highway to to Heaven? You are correct. Okay. The year was? Mm, 86. 84. Okay. Touched by an Angel, 90. Four. Okay. What was the last one? (laughs) Seventh Heaven. (laughs) Seventh Heaven. Oh, I might actually get this one. Is this 97? Six. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Seventh Heaven was not in seven. It was in six. All right, oh, wow. now let's go to our... Okay. Last question, Scoreberg. Sarah and John are tied with 17 each. I have 20. Joe it's has eagle. 21. Okay, anybody's game. <clears throat> Everybody has not one really. question left for a maximum of four points. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Joe Reed. Yes. <laughs> Falcon Crest, <laughs> Dallas, <laughs> Dynasty. Oh, <laughs> welcome to the first okay. edition of the new podcast. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, where's Jesse when I need him? Um. Oh, Falcon Crest. Suddenly, really anxious. He has no idea why. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm needed. Falcon Crest, Dallas, and Dynasty, Joe. Which one's first? It's Dallas or Dynasty, and I can never remember, of course, which one came first, and this would really come in handy, knowing which one came first in this particular game. You'll never forget it now. I know. Um, Oh, gosh. Is it Dynasty? Nope. It's Dallas. (laughs) Dallas. Dallas 78, Dynasty 81. 81. And then uh, following up with Falcon Crest... Later in 81. Dynasty start of 81. Falcon Crest end of 81. Falcon Crest starring Belloc from Raiders of Lester. Oh, yeah. I watched an episode because uh. Belloc was in it <laughs> when I was a kid. Very That's disappointed. Very disappointed. No lasers, no Star Wars, no melting faces, no Wrath of God. Yeah, it wasn't until 86. <laughs> Modern Family, Sarah D. Bunting. Modern Family, Parenthood, Brothers and Sisters. White Wine Sisters. (laughs) Modern Family, Parenthood, and Brothers and Sisters are my choices. Yeah, and which one came first? (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Uh, mm. Brothers and Sisters. Yeah! Yeah. I think that's right, yeah. Yeah. Now's your chance to not Tara. <laughs> All right, what's the I year? Think that for... was 2007. Oh, I no. thought you had it when you went no. six. Oh, damn, I thought that was yeah. it. God. Modern Family was 2008, let's say, because who cares? Close, 2009. <laughs> you are tarring it. Yes, I, I know. 
It's an homage. What? Well, I don't even remember the last one. It's like going to the jukebox. Thank you. Parenthood. Uh, maybe this is just because I started the Marathon Diary like practically this long ago and kind of forgot that it existed. Could be guilt. 2010? You hey! are correct. All right. Hey! John Randall, here's your last one. The Real Housewives of Atlanta, New Jersey, and New York City are only franchisee question. Oh, boy. It is not my franchise, that's for sure. But which one's first? Um, Atlanta. Mm. Ah, sorry. That is uh, New York, Atlanta, and then New Jersey, all within two years of each other, starting in 08. Tara Ariano. Yep. You need to get this to force a tie and then get a year for a win. Yep. Joe is one point ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Okay. House of Cards. Right. Veep. Yep. Political Animals. Remember Political Animals? Political Animals. Mm. Uh, yeah. Wow. Oh. <laughs> All right. That was Veep. Because <laughs> it was that spring. Yeah, April yeah. 2012, Political Animals, a few months later in yes. July, House of Cards, early next year, 2013. If my math is correct, we have a winner in you Mr. Sure Joe Reed. Shits and giggles, here we go. Boom, ER or Chicago Hope? Five day points. ER. Incorrect. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Still five day points on the line. Oh. I haven't heard the correct answer. Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, Joe gets five day points. What's the year, Joe? All Quick, right. for another two day points. 94. Correct. Was, they were both 94. Yep. All right, somebody for another five day points, guess the spread. Like three days? Like, I was going to say a week. It's like One day. Weeks. Is it? One day. One day. Wow. 18th wow. and 19th of September. The All right, everybody. That is it for another episode of <laughs> Extra Hot Great. We talked about the legends of tomorrow today. While Liv kicked off a new season of her face-off report before we went around the dial with stops at Mercy Street, The Laramie Project, X-Files, SBU, and Second Chance. Aaron successfully marketed Mad Men's season three finale for the canon. Of Mad, did I say Mad Men? We crowned winners of Lunars <laughs> of the Week, and Joe was a winner of this week's game time, bringing him within grasp of the season win next week. <gasps> Ooh, very exciting! Dun, dun, Remember, done. We're listening. Ah. I am David T. Cole, and on behalf of Tara Ariano, space and time. <laughs> Sarah D. Bunting, I get it. And a cake. <laughs> Joe Reed. <laughs> Happy Christmas. <laughs> and John Ramos. Yes, Bobby, it is your fault. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time right here on Extra. Ah, great. This matter is secret and time sensitive. If you turn us down and elect to be a, a mid-level cog, we'll have to lock you in the storeroom until morning. I'm sure you understand. All right, we'll see you uh, next next week because we don't have time for the minis now.